2: National Football Show, welcome aboard. We appreciate everybody stepping in with us. It is NFL Wild Card Week. How could you not love this week? I'll tell you this about the National Football League. One of the things that you love the most about it is that I think this year, the championship is wide open. Now watch this when you're talking about the NBA. Wake me up in June, Okay. The regular season of the NBA, wake me up in June. But the NFL, anything can happen. Do you know the last team that had home field advantage to win the Super Bowl? You know who that was? You got it. The 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. That's the last team to win the Super Bowl. It's not cut and dry it's not cut and dry, man. By the way, today, hopefully we're going to catch up with Seth Joyner, but at 5.30 Eastern, we will have Pro Football Hall of Famer and also College Football Hall of Famer Warren Moon. He'll join us at 5.30 Eastern time. What a great coaching job Pete Carroll has done with that Seattle Seahawks team. Incredible. By the way, Think about this. You may play the Seahawks if you're the Eagles if they upset and win this weekend. You could theoretically know that you're playing Seattle if they're able to upset, I believe, the 49ers. Is that right? I think it's the 49ers, right? You you could know Saturday, and that would be some advantage for the Eagles if they knew Saturday afternoon that they could have the Seahawks. So we'll talk to the legendary Warren Moon about the playoffs, about Jalen Hurts, and about the great job that Pete Carroll has done with that Seahawks team after they get rid of Russell Wilson, an amazing, amazing job of coaching. This could be Pete Carroll's best coaching job since they won the Super Bowl. So we'll talk to Warren Moon at 5.30 Eastern. Let me start, and before we get to the topics, I was asked this question. Who has who has been the most improved football player on the Eagles this year? Who has been the most improved? Marcus Epps? Devontae Smith? Josh Sweat? Jalen has improved so much. He's improved so much. But can I throw this at you here? How about no one talking the job this year that Landon Dickerson did and how good he imp- He's a pro bowler. Landon Dickerson's a pro bowler. And he's going to get some love for all pro. Now, look, Zach Martin sitting there at that left guard position There's no question you sit there and you're looking at Zach Martin there, and you're going to go like this. That guy's going to win it until he leaves the NFL. But Landon Dickerson, you could make the argument. He's the second best left. He's the second best left guard in the NFL, right? Am I wrong when I say that? He's had a hell of a year. This guy has, like you said, hey, Christian, He's been pancaking guys all year. He's been nicked up a little bit. Marcus Epps, Devontae Smith. If I had to pick a guy, and it was great to hear that he's practicing today. I love the fact that Josh Sweat is back on the practice field after being carried off the field. I think he's had an incredible season this year. I agree with you guys. Hertz, is a, he's improved so much. But these other guys, I think they've also, Josh Sweat is now a three-down defensive lineman. I had so many doubts about that at the beginning of the year. I did not think that Josh Sweat was an every down lineman. He's proven me wrong. He's gone out there and absolutely knocked the door down, and you're going to make it more difficult. If you're looking for an edge rusher in the upcoming NFL draft, to go out and get an edge rusher because of the job that Josh Sweat has done this year, now, is he going to be consistent enough for him to be able to go out there and do it each and every single year? Yes, Herman. On all of these guys, Landon Dickerson, Josh Swepp, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, Marcus Epps, these guys have all been dudes that how we drafted and they got better this year. That's what I'm trying... That's player development. See, the cool thing that I'm talking about here... These are guys you invested money in. These are guys that you invested draft capital in. And you're getting a return on your investment here. This is what you're talking about on what makes a successful organization is when you draft them and you're looking at a second. If you can ever get your draft choice to a second or third contract, he was a win because that means you drafted a starter. Very seldom are you going to draft a pro bowler. You're looking to draft starters. And these guys all are starters. That's pretty impressive. Okay? You know, and I'm very critical of Howie Roseman when it comes to his drafting. These guys were all draft picks. All draft picks. And they've all improved. They've all improved with the coaching stoutland and i think tracy rocker i think tracy's done a nice job this year little suspect at the beginning of the year tracy rocker the defensive line coach for the eagles i think he's actually done a pretty good job the only question mark i have is really jordan davis i don't know if jordan davis is going to be a good football player i have no idea his really his first year it's kind of like you know an incomplete so i don't know and, and, and if I'm Javon Hardgrave, Javon Hardgrave is going to make a lot of money because you know why? The Eagles aren't sure on Davis. <laughs> you're not going to let you're not going to let Javon Hardgrave walk onto the street with 11 sacks and 60 tackles. You're not. When you're not sure that guy, you see what what the organization was hoping for with Jordan Davis. They were hoping he showed enough for them to be able to move off of. Fletcher Cox, or or Javon Hardgrave. They can't do that now. So the guys they have, I'm not moving off anybody in that interior line until I'm I'm sold that Jordan Davis is more than just a spark plug. He's got to be more than just a run stopper with the 13th pick in the draft. I'm not sold on Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis has not shown me enough to move off of Javon Hardgrave. Maybe Fletcher. Maybe. I think, actually, would we not agree with this? I think since they got Sue and Joseph, I think, actually, Fletcher Cox is up this game. I think he looks pretty good. I think, you know what? I I, I might invite Fletcher back. Not at 14-4. Not at 14-4. But I think Fletcher Cox has actually upped his game. You know, I, I, if the Eagles went out and went like this to Fletcher Cox, here's seven million bucks with opportunities to make 10 to 12 million. I think Fletcher Cox might come back. Why would you want to go to the grass potentially greener on the other side? Now, if you want to be a gypsy like adami Dominkatsu and chase some bucks and opportunity to win a ring, OK, that's cool too. There's no issues with that. That's what Dominic Sue did. You know, after Detroit, Miami, Los Angeles, the Bucks, now the Eagles, he turned into a gypsy. That's okay. He's a hired assassin. Fletcher could do the same route and do that too. No way. I'm not calling Jordan Davis a bust. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and, and if it sounds like that, I'm sorry. I'm not saying that Jordan Davis is a bust. I just need to see more. I don't think he's a very productive player. I'll be very candid with you. I, don't, I, I do not think he's a very productive player. He's never been. You've got to be good with who he is. He's Vince Wolfwerk. 2.0 he wasn't very productive at georgia he was in the last 2 years with all those great talented players that they have down at georgia he's probably the least defensive interior lineman and the least productive guy of all of those dudes nine sacks in 44 games i don't know that's not very that's not very productive he's a heck of a, a talent but as I've told you about Jordan, I don't think Jordan Davis has ever lived up to his skill. Four seven eight at 330 pounds. Guy's got a great broad jump. The guy's great. But he doesn't really have a very good motor. Can I tell you who Jordan... I don't know, Tone, maybe you guys could say this. Can I tell you who I think Jordan Davis is? He's Joel B. And what I mean by that is... Guys like Giannis, guys like Jimmy Butler, guys like those dudes, they up their game in the postseason. They don't get hurt, and they're never out of gas. Joel Embiid's out of gas in the postseason. Jordan Davis gets out of gas. You have to put his ass on a pitch count. Okay? One thing you don't ever have to say to an athlete, or should you ever, be in shape. You know why? Why? It takes no athleticism to be in shape. That's a desire and a skill that you have internally that you know you have to be in shape. That kid doesn't have that in him to be in shape. Dude, I, I, I mean, is he hurt? I didn't, did he play last week? You would have thought he would have had a million reps last week against the scrub giants. I think he's lazy. Maniac, I, I think Jordan Davis is lazy. Maybe a better comparison is an early George, Jord- I mean an early Barkley with the Sixers. I think he's lazy. If I, were to, if I were to say a criticism about Jordan Davis this year, he showed flashes and he was lazy. He wasn't very productive again. Okay. Just saying. No, leave it to Sil- Joseph. Don't you want more from Joel Embiid in the postseason? Or is it just me? Don't you want more from him? Don't you want to have him out there like Giannis is? Or like Jimmy Butler? Or some of these other guys? There's always something with your Sixer team. Dude, I gotta give, I'll gotta give it to Harden, man. He, guy's revamped his game. He's playing his ass off. Good for him. Got to see more from Joel and B, dude. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I want my stars to step up in the postseason. Davis only played eight snaps? Hey, man, watch this. I never said this about an athlete. I sure hope he's hurt. Why would he only get eight snaps against Scrubs? Why would he only get eight snaps? I'm just saying, hey, I want to see more from him. I think this year... I think he's incomplete too, D-minus kind of shit. He didn't impress me. In, in no form or fashion did he impress me at all this year. I mean, it's one thing to be a guy who goes to the combines and puts up those great numbers. It's another thing for a guy to go out and be. I think Milton Williams was more productive this year than he was. Milton Williams, to me, outplayed him. Well, Silzy was hurt again. Dude, you're the 13th pick. Most 13th picks and most first rounders in the top 15 contributed to their team this year. Okay. Just get better. I'm not calling them a bust, but you can't be lazy. And it's laziness. I think. Hey. I think he let down Howie a little bit because they want to make decisions on DTs. Because the priority is going to be to re-sign CJ, Bradbury, and make a decision on Darius Slay. What do you do with Darius Slay? My opinion, I think Darius Slay is starting to show signs of going the other way. And the other two guys are 26 and 27. I don't know. Slay's 32. You're going to pay $18 million to Darius Slay this coming year? Probably. Probably. But I, if I had my choice, I would draft a corner, and I'd keep CJ and Bradbury, and somehow I would try to move Darius Slay. Why he's got value. He's 32. This dude probably has one more year. That was always the key in New England. They let go of Darrell Rivas. And they got assets back in return. Joey Porter Jr. I think he's going to play more of a safety, Taylor, when he gets to the NFL, the kid from Penn State. I think he's going to be more of a safety. If I had to put him out of position, I don't know he's skilled enough to play the cornerback position in the NFL I think he'd make a great safety back there to somebody like that. I would, I I would put him at safety. I think he's a hitter. You know, he he's got a little bit of John Lynch in him. He's a ball hawk kind of guy. I like him, man. I think he's a good football player. Okay. Uh, Joseph, remember when Sills wanted Russell Wilson? So did Howie Roseman. Thank you for reminding me that your GM wanted him too. They made calls for him. They inquired about him. Yeah, Joseph. So I guess great minds think alike. I guess great minds think alike. Let's get into the topics. I would think about letting Slay go. In the offseason. I would think about letting him go. Drafting a corner. Signing C.J. C.J. And signing Bradbury. Those guys are are gonna command between fourteen and fifteen million dollars. You let Fletcher go at 14 million, you got some money to move around in the offseason and still be good. Okay. That was a Freudian slip. I meant me a great mind. Thank you. And by the way, I think Darius Slay is a heck of a ball player. No shade on him. But I think it's time to move off him. Get something for him before you can't get anything for him. He's 32. Am I right? Someone looked that up for me. I think he's 32 years old. Maybe 33. You're starting to get to that area now where you're going like this. He's not really a tackler either. So you can't move him over to the slot corner. Okay? Okay. Seals, can you help teach Jordan Davis? He's just got to fulfill his his talent. He's never lived up to it, Georgia or his first year in Philly. He's always been that guy. He was that guy at Georgia. He wasn't very good in the Southeastern Conference Championship game. He was amazing in the national title game against Alabama. One off. You know what I'm saying? One week he's here, next week he's there. You want to have more consistency. Look, I think he's got Jerome Brown capability. He could be that kind of talent. He's got great swivel in the hips. I think he could be a decent pass rusher if they helped him. I I don't know why he's not. I don't think he, I think they're disappointed with him this year. I would say if you had to look at Jordan Davis, you were disappointed with him this year. I, again, I'm not calling him a bust. There's some pretty good ball players in front of him. You also have to put that into context. There's some really good players in front of Jordan Davis. Okay? All right, let's move over to um, let's move over to the topics now. I thought about this topic, and there's really been three MVPs to this season in Philadelphia. Three MVPs, okay? Daniel goes, he got hurt. He got hurt because he's fat. Got hurt because he's fat. I've never in his four years or three years at Georgia saw him in shape, except for once, the national title game. Be in shape, dude. This season has been built by three people. Who is the MVP of the Eagles? Jalen Hurts, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni. Of those three guys, look, we can all do the easy layup, all three, Sills. No shit. In your opinion, who has separated themselves on why this team is where they are right now? Jalen Hurts, Howie Roseman or Nick Sirianni? We're going to go over all three guys and the importance. Okay? Who? Hurts. Howie is MVP. He put all those guys in a position to succeed, says Roland. goes Sirianni. Howie, says Taylor. Staley says Hurts. These three guys have all had Jalen Roseman. I like that. These three guys have all had great years. All three of these guys could be the MVP at their respected skill set. Jalen could be the MVP of the league. Howie is going to be the executive of the year. And Nick could win coach of the year. How many times do you have things like that where you have the GM of the year, the coach of the year, and potentially the MVP of the year? Very rarely do all three guys collide, okay? I mean, very rarely do all three collide like this. Let's take a look at Jalen first. Jalen's play has been, and his improvement as a football player, has been off the charts. I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to relent on one thing, and I'm going to agree with some of you here on Hertz. You guys said this at the beginning of the year. I kind of laughed and scoffed at it. I think Jalen Hurts has improved more from his first year starting to his second year than more Josh Allen and also Lamar Jackson did. Now, I'm not going to say Lamar Jackson. I thought about Lamar. I wanted to put that out there because in Lamar's true second year starting, he was the MVP of the league and led the NFL in touchdown passes and he also won 14 games and he was a unanimous MVP and he did gain 1400 yards and he did lead the NFL in touchdown passes so he had a superior year to Jalen so that's kind of a tough one there so the improvement is probably Lamar Lamar had better improvement he was the MVP of the league he was a 1200 yard rusher he was a 36-touchdown thrower. Jalen's got 22. Wasn't close. However, his improvement is bigger than I think Josh Allen. I agree with you. Thought about it last night before I said it. Josh Allen got better with better coaching, and Josh Allen got better with Stefan Diggs. There's no question about that. The addition of that skill, being on a perimeter like that, has made him a different player. Plus, let's not forget the most important thing, Brian Dable. Brian Dable is like the quarterback whisperer. Look at Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones does not look anything like he has since he came out of Duke. This was a really good year for that kid. I'm not saying you build your franchise around his ass, but what I'm telling you, I think that guy's had a hell of a season. Okay, Joseph, I I have to agree with some of you guys. Hurts is not better than Lamar Jackson. You're out of your mind. You're out of your – Jalen Hurts will never lead the NFL in touchdown passes. Ever. That's not what he does. That's not what he does. Now, Jalen May, in his seven-year brief career that he's going to have, He may lead the NFL in total touchdowns. Like he may have 15 rushing touchdowns one year and 25 passing touchdowns. You could see something like that where he could potentially have the most TDs of any player. That I could see. But he's never going to ever lead the NFL in touchdown passes. That's not how they call plays here. They don't call plays like that. They have designed runs. He's going to be hurt. He's going to miss games. This is a fact. Get used to it. Jalen's a better passer than Lamar. How can that be? The guy led the NFL in touchdown passes. I don't, I don't. He has not displayed that. He has not displayed that. That's not a true statement. You don't have facts to back that up. Now, The completion percentage kind of goes to your argument. Sills, he's got a higher completion percentage. He went from 61 last year to I think he's at 67 this year. I don't think Lamar Jackson ever gets above 65, 66, 67% completion percentage. And that's where the true elite arms are. So maybe he is more accurate. Okay, maybe he is a tad bit more accurate. Lamar's a better athlete, though. Lamar Jackson's a better athlete, okay? Lamar can't pass from the medical tent. Neither can your guy. Before you start barking about Lamar's health, worry about your own guy's health. He's not even healthy going into the divisional game. You're talking about Lamar's health? I mean, I'd worry about your health. Your your guy's been hurt the last two years. It's not going to get better. All of a sudden, he's going to get healthier. (laughs) That's not going to work like that. I'm starting to believe that, Rock, and I'm going to hit on that a little bit later on Lamar and potentially not playing this weekend. I got an ass with that for sure. Okay, I do. I think Jalen Hurts has had a really good year. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how the Eagles handle him in the offseason. And what they're going to do? Are they going to let him play into his final year of his contract? Is there going to be a handshake of an uh, 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 of an agreement? Is there going to be a short term? Is there going to be a short term contract? Are they going to give him a signing bonus? Are they going to help him out? I, I, I don't know. He's the lowest. Always know this: Jalen Hurts is the lowest paid guy in your offensive huddle for a reason. That's why you're able to acquire all these pieces that you need. It's the only reason. That'll go away if they. Once they sign Jalen Hurts to a contract that has substantial money behind it, Howie will never be able to go out and do the things that he's doing right now. And you don't need any more of an example than what happened when you started giving Wentz that money because Howie was preparing the salary cap for that. And that's why that team went down to four wins. It started disintegrating around the quarterback because of the money they paid him. Same thing with Joe Flacco and what happened in Baltimore. Once they started playing Flacco, they had to get rid of Anquan Bolden. They had to get rid of Ed Reed. They had to get rid of uh, Bryant McKinney. They had to get rid of all those guys because they couldn't afford them anymore. That's just the nature of the beast. Sills, what's your grade for Roquan Smith signing? A-plus. He's the best tackle machine in the league. Him and Warner, the kid in San Francisco, are the best interior defensive linemen Um, in the NFL. Those two guys are the best interior uh, linebackers. Roquan Smith is a machine. Fred Warner is a machine. And they're pluggers, they're hitters, they can cover. They're the premium two inside linebackers in the National Football League. You you cannot get better. I'll tell you what, they're not quite Ray Lewis because Ray ran a 4-4. Um, But I'll tell you what, these two guys are a tick below Ray. Ray is the best interior middle linebacker that's ever played in the NFL. These guys are kind of right below him, and they hang out there. They're good. Roquan's a – very expensive, TJ, absolutely. But when you want a Ferrari, you got to pay premium money for it. You're not going to get – you know, you're not going to get – a hometown discount with a Ferrari. You're not going to go in there to Enzo Ferrari and go, hey, can I get a hometown discount? I'm Italian. <laughs> it's not going to work. It's not going to happen, guy. You know? Those two guys are spectacular. Let me move to Howie Roseman's job this year. Let's put his drafting aside. And the question we're asking, who's been the MVP of the Eagles this year? Hertz Roseman, or Sirianni? Here's Howie Roseman's year to me. I was suspect at the beginning of the year with all the changes that he made and adding all the new faces. You're going to have between 14 to 16 free agents at the end of the year. And I'm going to say it again to you. Tone, I don't know if you agree. This is a one-year window. This is a one-year window. This is not a four-year dynasty that you think it is. It's not. Economics are going to take the team apart. Not only economics, but the one-year deals. You got one-year deals everywhere. You're losing depth in your O-line. Andre Dillard's gone. Maybe Jason Kelsey comes back. Isaac Sayamalo's gone. He's going to make enormous money in the open market. They win the Super Bowl. These guys' value's are all go up. Okay. Here. So watch this. Look at Philippos. I'll con- what see, see what an idiot this guy is here, Philippos. I'm going to show you why this guy here has no idea every time he comes on our show on how stupid he looks. So you're going to lose Isaac Sayamalo, your right guard. No contract has been put on the table for him, okay? No no contract has been put on the table for him. You're going to lose your 1,200-yard rushing back, running back. So there you're losing production in your offense. 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns, gone. You're going to lose Dillard. That's depth in your old line. He's going to start on 70% of the NFL teams in the NFL this year. He's going to start because of the shitty offensive lineman. Andre Dillard, Barrett Brooks even came on here and said, he's going to make a ton of money. So you're losing depth. Okay. So you're losing your right guard. You're losing your running back. Look at those two, You're losing two starters just on your offense. That's why this is not a dynasty. And if you gotta start paying your quarterback, here yeah, let's move on. Fletcher, they're not giving him $14 million. Starter, DT, gone. I say they bring Hardgrave back. I say they let Kaiser White go. You lose a linebacker. Um, I say you lose. Who are you gonna lose? Bradbury or CJ? Can't have all three. You can't have all three. Who are you losing? Who are you losing? Let's just say one of them. Bradbury. Because Bradbury's going to command a lot of money. And the reason CJ's going to command a lot of money, okay, you know why he's going to command a lot of money? Because he's a corner and he only makes $837,000. That guy's in line for a significant raise. So you're going to lose a DT, potentially two DTs, a starting linebacker, a cornerback, a right guard, a running back, and your backup offensive tackle. So you're losing six starters off your 22. How he built this team for today, not yesterday, or or excuse me, not for tomorrow. You've got at the perimeter, you're locked up at your perimeter and you're tied in. The key is going to be to keep your old offensive line intact because that's where all your millionaires are. The bulk of your salary cap is in your old line. That's, you, that's where you feel you got to – well, it is. I'll explain here in a minute. T-Carr, Sills. I feel like we have a good nucleus of young players to be relevant for a while like who who's a young player let's take a look at that say uh, malada dickerson Devontae, a.j hurts one two three there's five who on defense who on defense do you think you could build your team around? Who on defense? Got Malata, Dickerson, Hurts, Devontae Smith, and AJ. AJ's young. He's 25. There's five. Dallas Goddard. Absolutely, Dallas Goddard. There's six. Who on defense? Cam Jurgens? Absolutely not. You have no idea if he's good. You have zero idea. Don't put people out there who haven't played. That's not a nucleus. You're guessing. You're guessing. Okay? Nicobe Dean? Absolutely not. Nicobe Dean, there's more question marks than positives with him. He couldn't get on the field? Absolutely not. Absolutely not um, uh, the Kobe Dean. I'm not sure he can make it in the NFL yet. He couldn't make it to the starting lineup, and he couldn't make it into any games. Jordan Davis, no way. Not sure yet. I don't know if he's a benchmark guy. Tell me some more on defense. I'm interested. Cam Jurgens, He hasn't played, but maybe two downs, and this guy's got him. As a benchmark guy, whatever. Two plays. <laughs> Here, every time this guy, Phillyopolis, opens his stupid hole, he shows you what an idiot he is. <laughs> Cam Jurgens, Okay. He's played two plays. <laughs> Josh Sweat? Yeah, okay. Josh Sweat? Sure. I think Josh has shown me enough. Josh Sweat, so you got mulata Hertz, Dickerson, Devontae, AJ, Goddard, Josh Sweat. So one, two, three, four, five, six. So you got seven guys. Dean will start next season. Wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. So seven of your twenty-two. That's not bad. That is a kind of that. That's a good core. Okay. Here's where I learned this from. Here's where I learned this from. I learned it from Tony Dungy. Dungy had, when he built the Bucks, he had Sap, he had Derek Brooks, he had Rondé Barber. It was Sap, Brooks, Barber, Lynch. And who else was on that team? Work Dunn. There were five guys. And then what did they start doing? They started adding Simeon Rice. They started adding Joe Jervisius. They started adding other components to the football team. And they put free agents around the core group of guys. Tony said that's how they built the Bucks. They had like five dudes. Mike Allstott, too. That's right, Omar. Mike Allstott, too. Okay. Don't tell me what to do, Joseph. The, the, Mike Allstott was a major factor, too. Okay? Mike Allstott was a major factor. Seal, did you hear that what Gronkowski said about the Super Bowl? I did not. So, Howie's got a lot of work to do, but he's done a major job this year with this football team. He's done a great job. How he's going to be the executive of the year. And I'll tell you where Howie's strength is. Howie's strength, in my opinion, is definitely cutting deals. I think Howie has done a great job at putting on. I've never seen more free agents in my life come into a place and succeed like this. Usually you don't have, have that kind of success. And good for him, man. Howie Roseman has had a hell of a year. I'm going to pick an MVP of the Eagles here in a minute. How about Nick Sirianni's job? Yeah, Simeon Rice. Simeon Rice, you, you could consider Simeon Rice for the Hall of... I mean, not, not for the Hall of Fame, but Simeon Rice, you could you could make an argument. He should have been the MVP the year the Bucks won the Super Bowl. He was a heck of a ball player. The job, Siri. What was the biggest influence that Sirianni had on... The Eagles this year what do you think that was what was the biggest influence what's his biggest impact that he has on a team like when you're talking Andy Reid play calling he's pretty decent when it comes to personnel decisions what was Nick Sirianni's biggest role on this team Hertz's role was playing and producing how he was putting the players on the field what is Nick Sirianni E. Kuhn says, culture setting. Don't you think that's more Howie, though? The players that you draft are going to set the culture, aren't they? Andrew says, nothing. Not play calling. Believing in themselves? Um, Sirianni, role agree with management? <laughs> okay. I mean... You guys aren't telling me what a role. The, this guy's supposedly the coach of the year, according to some of you. Staying out of the way, time management, end game decisions. I don't think he's all that hot. I, I'm asking a question. What's What has been Nick Sirianni's biggest input to the success of the team this year? Cheerleader? Nothing wrong with that. sirianni's how he's God, you guys can't come up with one thing? His fourth down aggression? That's something there. He's not my coach of the year. Mine either, Mike. I I, I think it's the guy in Jacksonville. Lifelong Philly fan, and I don't even have Sirianni as coach of the year. T Cara, I mean, can we can somebody just please give me a decent an answer on what Sirianni's impact has been on the success of the team this year? What's 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 been his biggest asset? He's not a a delegator. Howie does that. Play calling are left up to his coordinators. That Howie hired. What's Nick Sirianni's role? His energy? My energy is when I get my paycheck and my direct deposit. That's my energy. I don't need a cheerleader telling me how great it is to be an NFL guy. I see it every Tuesday when my direct deposit hits. Avenging Frank Reich? That's pretty crazy, isn't it? You guys can't come up with one thing that Sirianni has had an impact on the team this year. That's actually really good because some of you guys said this, and it is the most important thing, mask. He pretty much stayed out of the way. How hard is it for Howie to stay out of the way? A lot. How hard is it for Jerry Jones to stay out of the way? How hard is it for all these guys? How hard is it for Belichick to stay out of the way? I think that's a skill. I think you have to put your ego aside. Nick wears Howie's knee pads. I got it, Jameson. I'm sorry I now said that. Building a system around Jalen? I think that's why the play calling was handed to Steichen a year ago after the two and five start. Yes. Okay. I think there's something to be said about that. Nick sustained locker room culture. Omar, come on, you know better than that. The only thing that kept the locker room culture going was winning. You don't you you winning winning is going to have the best culture in the building. Okay? Winning, I don't know. I don't know about cult, cult. the winning built the culture. Who would you want as head coach, Sirianni or McCarthy? You know what's funny? You say that, Jesse. What's how? How does Sean Payton have more? How do people look at Sean Payton more than they do Mike McCarthy? They both got the same playoff record. Sean Payton's nine and seven in the postseason. They make it the sound like this guy here. How many lost opportunities did he have the last four years with Drew Brees, Breeze's last three, four years in New Orleans? How many overcooking plays did he call late in games? All of a sudden, Sean Payton now some guru. I don't think Sean Payton is that hot a coach. I think he's overrated. I think he's overrated, like many of these coaches are, that have these big-time quarterbacks. Hey, dude, if you're a skilled play caller and you have a superstar quarterback, you're going to win a shitload of ball games. But what I like is what's going on in San Francisco right now with Kyle Shanahan. That guy started the season out with Trey Lance. He went to Jimmy Garoppolo, and he went to Brock Purdy, and they still won the division title. He went down the system of three different systems this year and still won 12 ball games. It's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. You still won. Didn't matter who was your quarterback. That's pretty impressive. McCarthy or Sirianni? I'd probably take McCarthy because Sirianni has zero experience in the postseason. Zero. He has zero experience, except for that ass kicking last year. He's got zero experience. I never, and I don't like McCarthy. I, don't, I think McCarthy is, I don't know, I, I think he benefited from, from Aaron Rodgers, but at least he won a Super Bowl. I mean, you know, he's been there. He knows how to prepare a football team for the postseason. I mean, I don't know. I think they did a nice job this year when they lost Dak. They went 4-0 and with Cooper Rush. I don't know. I, I thought they did pretty good, him and Kellen Moore. Okay? I thought he did pretty well. Joe Judge is Belichick's worst problem. I think he's had more shitty assistants than just Joe Judge. I mean, look at the guy who coached Notre Dame for a while. That guy was a train wreck, and they gave him a shitload of money. Peyton knew about the bounty. Of course he did. Him and Greg Williams both got suspended, and so did Mickey Loomis. And the organization lost draft picks for that. Absolutely, man. Lost their coach their D coordinator, and their GM for a year. Everyone was in on it. And you don't know, want to hear something crazy? Every one of those guys got their jobs back or a different job. <laughs> Great. I mean, you could put a bounty on a player if you're a coach or an executive and get your job back. You Imagine that. guy? A guy, uh, sn- he, guy snorts some coke. He's out for two years. <laughs> you got to love it. Niners and Eagles heading in the same direction. Yes. Yes, they are. Rush is better than Zach. You mean Dak? I don't know about that. Sean Payton's a dirty coach. I think he's an overrated coach. Big Seals with the 49ers knee pads. You know that they're like the Buccaneers. Easy-ass division. Um, I don't think the NFC East is all that. Not when the quarterbacks are Tyler Heineke, Dak Prescott, and Daniel Jones. That's not a gauntlet of quarterbacks that I have to go through. Teams were better this year. Correct, they were. They were better. They were better than advertised. But those quarterbacks don't scare me. Justin Herbert, a right Russell Wilson, um, Patrick Mahomes. That's a division to have to get through. That's a pretty good division. Some pretty good quarterbacks in that division too to have to get through. So I would say this to you. I would go, I think the NFC East was much better than we all thought it was going to be. But I mean, the quarterbacks don't scare anybody. Daniel Jones is not making people lose sleep at night and neither it was Tyler Heineke or the guy Sam Howe. I mean, really. Those guys, I mean, <laughs> that's nothing to write home about. Okay. You praise Jones, Seals. I do. I think he's – no, because he's gotten better. He's gotten better. But, again, I'm not – that guy's not making me go, Jesus, cry me. Holy Jesus, man. He's gotten better. He's had a heck of a year. Good coaching played into that. Absolutely. I think he's had a good year. But, I mean, I don't look at him like I do Josh Allen or Justin Herbert or Jalen. I don't look at him like that. Even Jalen, I don't look at him like that. I wouldn't say Daniel Jones sucks. Mopar, he's had a pretty good year. Had a higher complete completion percentage than what Hertz did. Threw for thirty-five or thirty-six hundred yards this year. Ran for seven hundred yards. Had seven rushing touchdowns. He put a pretty solid season up for where he was. He put a pretty solid season up. Commanders are week 18 champions. (laughs) Sure, okay. That's why Dable's coach of the year. I think it's Doug Peterson down in Jacksonville. He would be my NFL coach of the year. So if I had to pick, if I had to pick my MVP for the Eagles, and who gets the love for the 14 and three, and I'll say this to you, man, all kidding aside as much as we nitpick at the eagles 14 and 3 is tremendous 14 and 3 tremendous tremendous record um the organization had a very successful remember something this is how you have to quantify this the organization the philadelphia eagles had a very successful regular season That's all you have done now. It's been a very, is this fair? The Eagles have had a very successful regular season. Very successful. Very successful regular season. We don't know postseason. We don't know the health of the team. But what they did in, and it's all behind them now. Now we can reflect back on it they clearly have had a fabulous regular season, okay? Jamison says that Lane's going to play, okay? Lane's going to play, and he's going to be playing probably at 70% because from what I'm understanding, he's going to need surgery. He's probably going to have to line up against um, the way it could shake out either Michael Parsons and then then, uh, Nick Bosom. So those will be the two people he's lined up on. And by the way, I would put my best pass rusher on Lane Johnson, not on Jordan Malata. I want to test and see if this guy's healthy. I'm coming right after him. Don't be offended by that. But the the teams are going to – they're going to game plan Lane Johnson to find out if he's healthy or not. And they'll have to have an in-game adjustment if he is and he can handle it and he can finish a game, all bets are off, then they'll probably flip their best pass rusher and put him back on Malata, who has had a pretty decent year. I wouldn't say A year or B year. I think he's had a pretty solid season, C-plus year. He's given up some pressures. Um, his second move, again, is back. Um, but, again, I think that had to do with his shoulder injury this year. But I think he's. I think he's had a solid season. But to me, I'm game planning Lane Johnson. I'm coming right after him. I'm going to run as many games as I can. I'm going to try to stress that stomach out as much as I can. Right at him. Okay? Right at him. And you love dual-threat th- dual hurts, 0-1. <laughs> I don't think Parsons is 100%. I've heard that. I'd love to see T.J. Watt and Nick Boza on the same. Oh, man. Those two guys are great pass rushers. I would, I'm would. i still thinking Boza uh, is, is the guy. Jesse says, no one's afraid of the Niners. You should be because they mirror you, and they're in better shape than you right now. They're in better shape. The Eagles, man, getting this by. I wonder what it would have been like if Jalen Hurts had to play this week. If he would have went, probably would have went because it's the playoffs and all bets are off, right? If he looked like anything he did in New York, they would have been bounced. Because Lane wouldn't have played, and Jalen would have been 70%. They would have been bounced. If you played this weekend, the Eagles would have been bounced. You would have been bounced. You would have probably played Seattle. Seattle. You would have had Seattle? No. Who's the who's the lower um, wild card? Probably the Giants. You would have probably played the Giants. You would have probably took care of them. You would have took care of them and got to the divisional round. You would have took care of them because you would have probably played the Giants. Yeah. Okay? You would have probably played the Giants. You would have took care of the Giants. Yeah, I'm saying that. No, 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 Tampa, Tyler, Tampa's a division winner. The wild card and the team in the postseason, the number one seed in the, and the number one seed in each conference gets the lowest seed. And if it's, there's a, if there's a wild card team, they go down to the worst record wild card. That could be Dallas, but I think it it would be the Giants because the Giants would be the wild card coming out of the NFC East. I think they had a worse record than Seattle. Somewhere in there, either Seattle or New York, they would have played in the opening round. I think he would have took care of both those teams. Yeah, I do. But if you don't have Lane or you have a 65 to 70% Jalen Hurts, you're not advancing. So it's going to be imperative that they get as much rest as they can this, this off week here. This is important for them, man. This is going to be really important because if you're going to try to get Lane out there and Hertz is still banged up you had your head coach admitting it well we'll see could be some gainsmanship going on okay could be some gainsmanship the only good team he played was Kansas City Seattle's the lower seed okay they would have played Seattle they'd have took care of Seattle okay they would have they would have taken care of Seattle Andrew says Dan keeps thinking we expect Jalen to be a 15 year. He'll be that's Andrew okay Andrew if that's how you see that five to seven I agree Andrew I think he's the I think he's a five to seven year career and anything over seven years with Jalen hurts I think it's gravy I don't he he's smarter than Josh Allen I think he plays smarter than Lamar he may play 10 he may play ten he he he's smart like that and it's going to depend on the construction of the team if the team is still constructed correctly then you know well it in my opinion it'll 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 say a lot in how long his career is but i think jalen hurts has between a 5 to 7 year nfl career playing like that at a high level it's okay that's kind of what Lamar Jackson is right now. RG3 didn't even get to that. I mean, Kyler, Kyler Murray didn't even get to that point, and he's already got a catastrophic knee injury. These guys are. It's who they are. Okay? Five to seven? Pussy smart? Maybe 10? Sure. And productive inside that? Yes. As long as the team stays intact. It's hard to keep the team intact when you're paying a guy 45 million bucks, which I don't think they're ever going to do. I do not believe they're giving Jalen Hurts 45 million. If they do, they'll never win. They'll never win. A, they'll never win where they want to go. If you pay him $45 million, he's not Patrick Mahomes. And those contracts don't pan out. None of them. Shit, you just gave Derek Carr $43 million. They're moving him. Kyler Murray's banged up, 46-1. Baltimore doesn't want to pay Lamar. That's a big gamble in Cleveland with Deshaun. <laughs> Only one of those contracts have actually panned out. And you have to be determined on Josh Allen. We got to wait and see what he does this year. This is the first year of the $42 million contract that he signed. So we got to wait and see. Okay, looks like they're going to have a neutral site AFC Championship game. So he kind of he kind of fulfilled what they needed to do in the regular season game would be in Atlanta. If all things shape up at a neutral site for the AFC Championship, so we'll see. Dak Prescott's deal hasn't hasn't returned investment. Pay a guy forty three million dollars. Are you happy with what you're paying Dak right now? If you're a Cowboy, no. Okay, that's a good question. We'll do that, Brandon, later on. Who's the biggest upset potentially in the first round of the wild card weekend? We'll do that in hour number two coming up here too. Also, have another topic. I want to hit on this one. We got a ton of stuff. Don't forget Warren Moon. Hour number three. He will be with us, the NFL Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer, at 5:30 Eastern. I have ranked the job openings. DraftKings has come out with the odds on who will be the Super Bowl MVP. Pretty interesting. Um, The offense and defensive rookies of the year, I have a vote. By the way, I sent my vote in for the MVP today. Also, wildcard weekend. And as you know, I went down to top three, and my top three were... Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. I put Hurts third. I had Jalen third. So Mahomes, Burrow, and Hurts. Those were your three dudes that I put on my ballot for the um, NFL MVP. Um, Do I think it was close? Not really. I think Patrick Mahomes. um, If Jalen would have had a better record and beat Dallas and say he got to 4K with all those receivers and what they did, it could have been closer. It could have been closer. Okay? Hour number two please hit the like button more topics. And again, don't forget Warren. We're also efforting our friend, Seth Joyner. He may join us in this hour as well. Keep it here on the national football show.
3: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog, but that doesn't worry us at Messon associates. We're an injury law firm from Philadelphia and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messen Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
1: Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean.
0: Hi, I'm Jim Mulebroner, managing partner at Delval Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go
1: birds. Number one, Jeff D. Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not least, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $30,995 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $30,995 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero Down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D. Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown. Big finish sales event.
4: that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their social security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
2: Big Tills National Football Show. Please hit the like button. I I, I want to share this with you here. So um, I'm related to Bobby Valentine. And Bobby sent me his book. This guy's one of the absolutely greatest Connecticut stars of all time. Do you know that John McKay recruited him to take over for OJ at Southern Cal? He went to Southern Cal. And um, he's a a Trojan, and he went to USC. Then he was drafted, went to the Dodgers, I think it was. I think him and Tommy Lasorda are really good friends. And he's related to me, and he sent me this book here, man. I mean, this dude, he was offered over 500 scholarships to be a running back. And I mean like Texas, Oklahoma, um, USC, Ohio State, Michigan State, all of them recruited. Guy's one of the fastest guys in New England. I mean, he was a tremendous athlete. So I wanted a Valentine's Way. That's a new book that's out there, Bobby V. I love Bobby V, man. Known the guy. He actually scouted me for the Mets. I was at Catholic High. And when I got to Catholic High, Mickey Leone, this guy you guys never heard of, um, I played for him baseball. And uh, I decided after my sophomore year, I wasn't going to play baseball anymore. I had gone to the Show Me Camp. I had gone to the Cape Cod League. I had played in Alaska, done all that shit. Gone to camps at Illinois State with Duffy Bass. I mean, Worth was sponsoring me. I I, I always wonder, man, should I play baseball? Because when when Bobby V came, he was a third base coach for, for Davey Johnson. And he came and recruited me, Mets, and I'm sitting there going like this. Okay, that's cool. So he came and told me because you got to decide what you want to do. I don't think you can do both. So I chose football and I chose the scholarship to go play in college for football. but I always wondered what would have happened if I would have played if I would have played baseball. The Mets loved me. I went down and met them a couple times. Um, I met the Doubleday family. I used to go to games down there. Bobby was a third base coach. It's pretty cool stuff, man. So I love playing baseball too. That's actually my background. It's not football, it's baseball. Okay, I grew up a Yankee fan. You know, I used to watch the Mets on WOR when I was in the New York area. Anyway, so that's a cool book. And um, we should get Bobby V on to talk about his book a little bit. I love Bobby V. All right. Warren Moon will join us in hour number three at 5.30 Eastern time. Shane Steichen interviewed for the Panthers and he interviewed for the Indianapolis Colts on January 9th, just so you know, and he did it zoom. Um, so two NFL teams and Jonathan Gannon interviewed for the Houston Texans. So both coordinators are in the process and they're in the system now. I don't think any one of these guys gets the job. I think there's too many quality candidates, and there's more quality candidates than these two guys. I don't. I think these guys are decent. I don't think there's anything to write home about. There's nothing spectacular about anything they do. Okay, and you know what they're going to do? People are going to look at the statistics, and they're going to go like this: Wow, Jonathan Gannon's defenses. Look at all what they've led everything in. And then when you sit there and if you don't have the personnel or you don't have the general manager with the wherewithal and the money, Jonathan Gannon was going to be a guy. Like, watch this. Jonathan Gannon couldn't go to Denver and be the head coach. Why? They don't have draft capital because they gave it up for Russell Wilson and they don't have a lot of cap room. I think they got 10 million bucks. Well, that's usually designed for your draft picks, which they're limited on. They're not going to be able to do a lot of movement because of the quantities of the picks you gave up for Wilson and the amount of money that, that Denver Bronco. And you got a general manager, George Patton still, what's his name? The guy that's in there. Yeah. He's, he's still the general manager of the team. I think that Denver job, the only way that Denver job is good is if you can make Russell Wilson work. If not, that team's dead for five years. They don't don't really have any draft capital to move around. Dude, how is the executive of the year because Jalen Hurts makes no money? And everybody performed. That's true. Everybody performed. Everybody lived up to expectations and then some. Like the guy who, I'll tell you what, who had a bigger year? A.J. Brown or Hassan Reddick? 17 sacks, man, (laughs) that's got to be the most sacks since like Hugh Douglas and them dudes, right? Going back to, that's like Reggie White shit, okay? That's like Reggie White stuff. Reggie White, right? So, I mean, Steichen and Gannon are going to be interviewed, But I don't believe those two guys. I don't believe those two guys are going to get head coaching jobs this year. I don't. All right, let's go here. Let's transition into this. Let's take it because we're in a buy now. The Eagles are in a buy. What's going to be the weakest link? That the team needs to address in the off season. What's the main focal point in the off season for this team? What's the main the main part of the team that Howie has to have his biggest concern on if they want to continue the success? What will that be? Fly says corner. Coordinators, interesting. I like both of them by the way. Linebackers and running back, Brandon, let me ask you this. Has that ever been has that ever been a priority in Philadelphia running back and linebackers? Has that ever been a priority? You know, has that ever been a priority there? I don't think so. When you say tackle Casey what do you mean tackle? Um, D-line, half the D-line will be gone. Let Miles walk and draft Zach in the second, says Phillyopolis. Nick Sirianni next to Nick, Nick Foles in Rocky. Weakest link corner. Sal, replace Lane, I think you two are right. What has been the biz? See, I'm learning about how Howie and the owner and the organization works, and they do it right. They build your team the same way Tom Coughlin builds championship teams. They build from the inside out, not from the outside in. The number one thing that has made you successful since Jeffrey Lurie zoned the team, what is that, 95? And then going into 2000 has been they've invested in O linemen. You don't have any offensive players that are Hall of Famers that you've drafted. None. None. I'm talking skilled guys. None. Brian Westbrook, spectacular talent. Shady, great talent. Okay but you haven't drafted really any offensive people that are going to the hall of fame. You haven't, but what you have drafted and what you've done a nice job is in your old line, a free agent, Um, Kelsey Dickerson, Malata lane. I've never seen anything like it. More hall of famers over the next 15 years are going to come out of Philadelphia than any team I've seen since the Steeler teams, since the Hogs. This offensive system that you have is built around your own line. This football team produces some of the best offensive linemen I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like it. Dave Gettleman. Follow me here, guys. Dave Gettleman was general manager of the New York Giants for, what, five years? He never drafted one guy or developed one lineman. That was worth the shit in New York. That's why that thing is in a train wreck right now. They never got the old line right. They never – it didn't matter what coach you had. It, you know, they – One of the reasons Daniel Jones is having more success this year, they've kind of stabilized the old line a little bit. Okay, they've stabilized that line, which has given him more time. And if it hasn't, they've allowed him to get out in the perimeter and run. Okay? I can't believe how good they are and what they've done. Shouldn't you draft another lineman? To keep that thing going, there's a kid at Ohio State that's a pretty good-looking football player. I think his name is Paris. Is it Paris Johnson or something like that? He's going to be right around 10. Would you do that? Or do you think the priority is corner? Howie's not been a very good – and follow me here. I wouldn't trust Howie Roseman drafting corners. He sucked at it. He's been terrible at drafting corners. The corners you have on your team and the three stars you have in your secondary are all acquisitions. They're not draft choices. Okay? They're not. So should you go with what they do best? you got the best offensive line coach. Do you solidify strength? Dillard's gone? How many years do you think Lane Johnson has left? Or maybe what you do is you move mulata to the right guard and you draft a player. Can you? Would you do this? Now, he's making $18 million or $16 million. That's a pretty big paycheck for a right guard. And I'm not saying Malata can't be a superstar left tackle. I, I still think he can be. But if you're going to lose Isaac Sayamala who's making $6 million this year, wouldn't you draft a lineman that you could maybe plug in? Plus, he protects Plus, isn't this about Jalen too? you got to continue to build that line. For Jalen Hurts to have success, you can't have happen what happened in Seattle to Russell Wilson where you start losing the center. You start losing the tackle. You start losing components in your offensive line. Keep Malata at left tackle, Phillyopolis. Okay. Eagles going to draft Peter Skornoski at 10 to replace, say, Amalo next year and Lane Johnson in the future. Phillyopolis, so we're kind of on the same page, right? Go in the O-line. That's what you've been best at is drafting these linemen. I've never seen anything like it. I'm talking about all time. In my time, my short time, playing, my long time covering, I've never seen anything like it. You're going to have Kelsey Hall of Famer. Oh, Who's the kid that's playing in Dallas right now? I don't don't think you drafted him. I think you acquired him, right? Who's the kid that – Tone, who's the guy that's in Dallas right now that played forever and they got him off the uh, White Castle line uh, that he's now playing, like, I think he's playing guard Cowboys now. I mean, he played left tackle forever. He's a Hall of Fame guy, too, and he played in Philly forever. So there's going to be a shitload. Yeah, Jay, uh, Yeah, Peters. Peters is going to be a Hall of Famer. Lane's going to be a Hall of Famer. Kelsey's going to be a Hall of Famer. Shit, Landon Dickerson, once Zach Martin retires, he's going to be the top left guard in the NFL. It's Absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. I got people from the XFL want to come on the program. Let us know. First day of practice is Saturday. I'm working on the rock. Jason Peters was not drafted by the EOS. Yeah, no, I said he was acquired. Yeah, no. He was acquired. I, I, I Yeah, I said that. Keep drafting old linemen. And let, and 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 here, and let Howie be Howie. Dude, Howie found Darius Slay in Detroit. How Detroit and the pencil dude let that guy walk out the building is incredibly awful. It's criminal. Howie got a steal there. Got a steal with CJ in New Orleans. Keep letting him do that. He can't draft him. So when I'm when when, I, when I'm sitting here and I'm going. Well, he's going to draft a corner. Why? He's not ever hit on one. He's never hit on one. And you're going to take the gamble he's going to hit on one. I don't want to do that. I'd rather acquire a guy. Like the kid, the safety baits, is going to be a free agent. He's going to be awful pricey. I don't think the Eagles want to go down that route. That's somebody I'd look at, depending on what the price tag is. That kid's on a... That kid's going to get big money in the open market. But again, nobody's going to want to pay Jamal Adams money. Jamal Adams was a nightmare for Seattle. The reason they moved Russell Wilson was because Jamal Adams, they paid $20 million a year for the guy and gave the Jets a king's ransom in draft picks. It never panned out. Don't ever spend giant money for safety, ever even first round picks is a high is a high asset for safeties man you can get quality guys in the second and third round what was the maddox drafted shit man i'm not sure john Lynch was a first rounder i don't think he was i don't think he was i spend it for ed reed <laughs> yeah Ed Reed's the best safety in the history of the National Football League. He's the best. He's the best that's ever lived. There's no getting around it. He's the best that's ever lived at safety position. Hitter, special teams. He was that way in college, too. I think, personally, he's the greatest hurricane that's ever lived. And that says a lot with all the guys who are going potentially into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I would I would go and follow – tell me if you agree – I would go O-line. Round four for Maddox. Dude, that's exactly where you want to get a quality safety. I love that. That's a quality pick by Howie. So you got Avante Maddox in the fourth round? That's spectacular. Okay? Seattle thought they had the second coming of Ronnie Lott. James, that's because when he first got there, if I'm not mistaken, I think he had like 20 sacks. And then everything has fallen apart since. Ed Reed better than Troy? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's more accomplished. Look at his resume. Two-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. 11-time All-Pro. I mean, his, his resume is second to none when it comes to the safety position. Nobody has a better resume than Ed Reed at safety. Maybe... Maybe. Maybe Ronnie Lott. Maybe. But Ronnie first came into the NFL as a corner. Fourth round for Avate. That's a really good pick. That's right. John Lynch played for the Marlins um, for a couple of years, and then he went to Stanford and played for the uh, – then got drafted by the Buccaneers. How he always misses the obvious talent early. Doesn't he? I mean, even this last year, I told you the draft. We did it yesterday. This last draft in 2022, not the most productive. The Colby Dean has had no impact. Jordan Davis has very marginal. Cam, incomplete because we don't know how good he is or not how good he isn't. Um, And the other two guys, uh, what was it? Five picks, two six-rounders, and one, two, three, I think it was. So, like, five picks. None of them really pan. The tight end that was taken in the sixth round actually um, has had some pretty good impact while Dallas Goddard was out. Okay. Reed has Lewis for support. And he also had the outside linebacker too from uh, Virginia Tech that was on the other side. But that was Ozzie Newsom. Let's not forget, Ed Reed was drafted. He was in a top 10 pick. I don't think, I don't think Ed Ed, Ed was. Um. It's all incomplete. They hardly played. Now, Yale, to who they are, I would say this. You you did back up some pretty good ball players this year. Okay, they did. Maniac. <laughs> Maniac, you're my ball. You're my boy, man. <laughs> Who are your top three tight ends this year? If Dallas Goddard doesn't get hurt. He's in the top three. Seals, what do you think about trading for a stud MLB? That's not who the Eagles do, man. That's not their MO. That's not their MO. They had a chance at Roquan Smith. They didn't want any part of that. I think they look at the linebacker position as another widget play. I told you guys, here's one thing you always have to remember when you're talking about building a team. There's, there's a couple money positions. When you're building a team, edge rusher, cornerback, wideout, I think wideouts are now not just the frosting. I think they're part of the cake mix. I think you have to have a tight end, left tackle, and a quarterback. Those are your premium money positions. I think the rest of those positions, I think you can fill them in. I think you can fill them in. I think that looks right, Kelsey, Kelsey Andrews and Kittle. That sounds right. I think the guy in Baltimore reminds me of Dallas Goddard. I think those two guys play the same kind of game. Davis was productive until he got hurt. Kind of. What was his sack totals this year? It wasn't like he was out there making I tell you, it's not fair. He 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 was effective in the run. He was. His limited time, he 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 was. That's fair. He was. I don't think he was overproductive, though. Like, watch this. Jordan Davis did not have a wow factor. He had no wow factor. Like, the guy in Dallas, the edge rusher, he had a wow factor this year. He had a wow factor. Okay? Yeah, he did. He had a wow factor. How he drafted J.J., Whiteside, Rager, Huff. Hey, Joseph, he's just not... And remember this too, Joseph. This is one thing that he had. Dude, you had Joe Douglas in the building, Andrew Barry in the building, Andy Wall in the building, and you still were missing on draft choices. You're still missing. Howie's big thing is cutting these deals and getting free agents. Their their pro personnel department in Philadelphia is 10 times better than their college personnel department it's it's 10 times better you guys evaluate the current pro talent and i mean look at us on reddick that's a brilliant move now the see the question him coming in the question him coming into philly was this dude why did why is this guy on his third team in 3 years now you do this those two teams messed up and it's why carolina and arizona are who they are because look at what this guy did this year Philly was able to figure it out, and as I've been calling him the Rubik's Cube, they figured out how to use him. So, I mean, right? He takes up two O-linemen. I don't see anything spectacular about Jordan Davis yet. That's an honest observation, and I'm not rooting for against him. I'm rooting for him. Honestly, I'm rooting for him. I want him to. I want him to live up to that brilliant talent. His. I'm not. I'm not rooting against him. See, though, can you please tell everyone that Hurts is better than any cowboy ever? He's not better than Troy Aikman. He's not better than uh, Roger Stahlback. He's not better than those guys. That's not happening. That's not going to happen. Those guys are Hall of Fame football players. This guy's not done anything yet. Nothing. He has not accomplished anything to even remotely have that conversation yet. And that's not fair to Jalen. Okay? That's not fair to Jalen yet. He's just beginning his chapter. He's in his second chapter of his book. Those guys already have their book completed. So to put those guys into a position, that's why when everybody starts talking about these young quarterbacks and they start saying this about Mahomes, well, Mahomes is the next GOAT. I'd pump the brakes on that. You think anybody's winning six NFL titles and six Super Bowls? Over the next thirty years, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Jalen's accomplished nothing. He's had a, watch this. He's had a really good regular season. I mean, a really good one. A really good one. Top five performance, best performance in the NFC by a quarterback. Yes, that's kind of it. Great wins. He's won a ton of games since the 2-5 and five start. Absolutely. Absolutely. Trending all in the – what's this? Jalen trending all in the right direction. Everything. Okay? I will say this, though, Joseph. Does Jalen Hurts have a better right now? Here, here. You think Jalen Hurts is having a better start to his career than Wentz did? I don't. I don't. Let's see about that. Let me take a look at that. Carson Wentz, stats. Let's see Wentz's first two years. Wentz's first two years, he threw for 3,782, 16 touchdowns, 14 picks. His second year, he was 11 and 2, threw for 33 touchdowns, threw six picks, threw for 3,296. And they won the Super Bowl. Would you who's had a, who's had a better start to their career, Hurts or Wentz? I'm going somewhere with this. Ron goes. Jordan Davis will never be a stat guy. Correct. He's never been. He'll never put up 11 sacks like Jordan Harden, like Javon Hardgrave. That's a problem for me. Wentz came in like Tarzan, went out like Jane. (laughs) True. See, this is why I love Joseph. He and I go back and forth. I love this guy. Joseph, I love you, man. Don't kid yourself. Love it. Different vibe. Wentz was a franchise quarterback. Oh, wait Oh, Hertz isn't? Hertz isn't a franchise? Dan Hassan is the NFL NFC Defensive Player of the Month. Let me know when Boza gets that accomplishment. 85. I'll let you know when Boza wins the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Um, Wentz. Hertz is going to be a better player. Oh, that's agreed. I agree. How did you know that, though? You didn't know that in week, year two. You thought he was the second coming. You gave him a contract in the offseason when he won a Super Get this. So explain this to me. Wentz doesn't finish the season. Foles wins the Super Bowl MVP, but yet Howie and the organization gave Wentz. That $38 million a year contract? Is that right? Are you going to do the same thing for Jalen? Are they going to do the same thing for Jalen? Are they going to give him market value deal, $45 million? Or do they have to win the Super Bowl for that to happen? How are they going to handle Wait, Wait wait a minute, Yale. Wentz didn't finish the year. Wentz didn't finish the year. Foles finished the year for him. And they still gave him the money. Jalen got hurt, too. Are they going to still go down that path same way that they did with Wentz? How come you gave Wentz the deal? You won't give Hurts the deal? Look at Roland. Yeah, probably. Really? So there's no conviction in that comment. So little Hurts will win more Super Bowls than overrated Troy Aikman. I don't believe Hertz ever wins a Super Bowl. I don't. I've said that and I've been on record with that. Philly did win dirty. No, they didn't. He started not performing, but they paid him. Sills. Real talk, what are you paying Jalen if he wins the Super Bowl? 50 million. I have no choice. Between 45 and 50. If he wins it, if he wins it, okay, five star. If he wins it, you have to pay him between 45 and 50. You have to at least match Kyler Murray's deal. 46-1. You have to. You 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 would you 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 don't F up the decision like you did last time. You should have kept Foles and traded Wentz. Don't screw that up this time. He wins the Super Bowl. All bets are off. I don't think he will. Because I don't think he's those dudes. But we've seen lesser players win it. I I just don't think. I, I Personally, I look at Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a franchise quarterback. Justin Herbert. Allen, those guys look the part. You could build around them. If you lose certain players, they're not relying on their wheels. They're going to win games from the pocket. They're going to throw the ball 700 times and take advantage of today's NFL. You're never going to – you know, I got to keep watching what I say with that because you do have two 1,000-yard receivers, and that's a huge accomplishment for an offense that never really has been a big offense. Philadelphia is not a high-powered offense. Never has been in the history of the franchise. You still don't have a hundred catch guy in one year. It's this year's maybe the best tandem you've ever had in the history of the team. It's not a rip because you've had the most success of any team in the NFC East since 2000. Well, the giants went to super bowls, but you've won more playoff games. Okay. No, I said that he is a franchise quarterback. No, you're right, he wasn't. Miguel, look at Miguel. Here's a prime example of old school thinking. I'm hollering, Sills. Literally said that Trevor wasn't a franchise quarterback at the beginning of the year. That's right. Doug Peterson saved him. and turned him back into the talent we saw when he came out of college. That's what's happened. That's not a change in an opinion. That's actually fact what happened. That's a Zach Ertz is not a wide receiver. Arthur, Zach Ertz is not a wideout. He's a tight end. Zach Ertz is a tight end. You've never had a wide receiver with 100 catches in the history of the team. How many times do you guys get that wrong? Every time I say it. Ask Warren Move if he would take Hurts or Lawrence. I will. Doug Peterson is going to win multiple division titles with Trevor Lawrence. They're going to own that division. They're going to own it. Lawrence had a spectacular year this year. 4,200 passing yards, 30 touchdowns, seven picks. Doug saved his ass. Completely saved him. That, that guy looks the part. I was talking to Shannon Sharp about that. He said the same thing. He goes, man, Trevor Lawrence, he looks the part like he when he came out of Clemson. Totally looks the part. Okay? Um, I think Jalen is the type of guy who will not want that much. That's crazy, Daniel. You don't have Clutch Sports and Maverick Carter and all them guys because you're looking for a deal. You're looking for the best deal for your clients. Jalen Hurts depends on if they come in and, hey, if they come in before the contract is up, there's going to be some goodwill. But if they let Jalen Hurts play out the final year of his contract, there won't be any goodwill. That's why it's going to be interesting to see, okay, how they handle this. They're not going to be able to rebuild the team with 16 free agents if you're starting at the quarterback salary. People will be lost. That's just the game. That's why the NFL does it this way. They like to parody in the game. That's why there's a salary cap. See, in Major League Baseball, you could pay a luxury tax. Same thing with the NBA. You can't do that in the NFL. You get fined and you lose draft choices. 38-5, never take that. Unless they do it in the offseason and sign them to a two-year contract. And they give them a bonus. Or maybe guarantee the entire thing. 38-5. Okay. With guys like Freddie Mitchell, Todd, and James, it's a wonder we have receivers catch any – Dude, your tight ends, though, Joseph, have been spectacular for about 20 years. They've been The Eagles have really had some great ones in there. They've really had some productive guys. I think this guy here that you have right now is probably the best that you've ever had. I think he's the best. Okay? I do. I want to get to this. Here are the Super Bowl odds, according to DraftKings. Here are the players people think may win the Super Bowl MVP. Number 10, Debo Samuel, San Francisco 49ers. Plus three thousand at night. Kansas City's Travis Kelsey plus twenty eight hundred bucks. This is for the Super Bowl MVP odds. Number eight, Justin Herbert, plus twenty five hundred. Number seven, Christian McCaffrey, plus eighteen hundred. Some of these guys are going to be stunning to you. Number six, Dak Prescott, plus 1,500. Number five, Joe Burrow, Bengals, plus 1,000. Number four, Brock Purdy, 49ers plus 900 this is for the super bowl odds as of today on players who may win this award heading into the postseason brock purdy his fourth at plus 900 number three jalen hurts plus 650 bucks number two josh allen Bills, plus 550 bucks. Number one, Mahomes, plus $400. You bet a buck, you win $400. It's like that. Brock Purdy has better odds to win the Super Bowl than Burrow, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Travis Kelsey, and Debo Samuel. By the way, if you look at it, there's three 49ers on this list. Debo, McCaffrey, McCaffrey. And Purdy. People love the Niners. They think the Niners are getting... Vegas and Atlantic City thinks that the 49ers are getting to the Super Bowl. This guy, Brock Purdy, man. I, dude, where he came from just shows you how hard it is to evaluate that position. This guy was the last player drafted I know, Phillyopolis, Brock Purdy, according to DraftKings. This ain't big sales. This is DraftKings. Plus, he's fourth. Plus 900 to win the uh, Super Bowl's most valuable player. Brock Purdy. Is Brock Purdy this version and this offseason's version of Nick Foles? Is this guy the new Nick Foles? Rock Purdy, Nick Foles, George Kittle's spectacular. He's a great player. He's a great blocker. I question sometimes his health because he's not always on the field. He plays with a reckless abandon. I like him a lot. Um, he's probably a little bit better than what Jones was back in the day with um, um, with, with, with Montana. So he's probably better than Jones. He's kind of, well, he's more physical than what Dwight Clark was. So you can make an argument. He's probably the greatest tight end in the history of the 49ers. Okay. I would would be comfortable going with some of the tight ends that they've had in that organization, which not have been a great name group. I think Clark was more of kind of like a Todd Christensen kind of dude back in the day. I don't know if you guys remember Todd Christensen. But Todd Christensen was a heck of a a catch guy. He came out of BYU, caught a ton of passes when he was with the Raiders. So I would probably say something like that. Kittle's probably the greatest tight end in the history of the 49ers. Brent Jones was good, but I think Kittle's better. I mean, I I like Brent. I'm a a big Brent Jones guy, but Kittle's better. And and you got to remember something, too. The type of tight end that Walsh wanted, was more of a versatile kind of guy that could catch passes like Jason Witten. See, personally, I look at Jason Witten. Jason Witten's not a hall of fame tight end to me. I mean, Jason Witten caught more passes that meant nothing than any other guy in the history of the league. I've never seen a guy catch more non-important catches than what Jason Witten did. Jason just, they didn't mean anything. There were empty calories. Cowboys were behind most of the time. Or, stumbling along. I mean, Jason Witten's got statistics that don't matter. You know what I mean? Just... They just don't matter. He beat the Eagles a bunch. Okay, were the Eagles really that great in the early 90s? I mean, like, from 95... From 90... After Reggie left? From... From 95 to 2000, I don't really think the Eagles were all that hot. In a little time, then 2000, they started getting better when Andy showed up. Okay? So Witten was like in the 90s. I don't know. Whatever era he played, he sucked. I mean, the Cowboys were never – plus the quarterbacks he had too weren't very good. Quincy Carter and them kind of dudes. guy was a train wreck. So there wasn't a lot of great quarterbacks, too. There was, you know, I mean, he didn't play with a lot. He played with Romo. I don't know. I think Jason Witten, Not. I don't think Jason Witten's a Hall of Famer. I mean, come on, man. You think he's better than Antonio Gates? (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Ray Rhodes was a coach of the year when he was in Philly. I think he did it twice, too, by the way. Witten stats are like eating celery. (laughs) Witten or Novacek? Jay played in more significant games. Um, and Jay started his career with the Cardinals. I, you know, probably went and reluctantly say that. But Novacek, it has got three rings. I mean, how about Hertz four years? $28 million a year? You're going to pay him only $3 million more than your wideout? No way no way 85 you're gonna to have to pay him 40 two-year contract guarantee both years and give him the side give him the 80 million and then in the third year you can figure out what you want to do if he if he's still healthy i would keep jalen hurts guys would we agree i would keep jalen hurts on a short-term contract i would not give out a five-year deal six-year deal seven-year deal they'd all be two three-year deals I don't know how Clutch Sports is going to go with that. The only way that they'll bite on that is if you guarantee almost all of it. Watch this. I'll give Jalen Hurts two years, $80 million. Would you do it? Two year contract extension? You have to give him all of that money coming into this year. And he would still be on the base salary of that last year on his rookie deal. So the escalator doesn't kick in until 2024. So you'll have another year of not a lot of dead cap because of the, uh, the signing bonus. Remember something that you have in Cleveland. Everyone looks, I'm not going four years with him. That's not working for me. He's been hurt every year he's played. You want me to give him, you want me to give a guy who's going to get hurt again next year? That money? I'm not getting Kyler Murray. I'm not getting Kyler Murray. I am not getting Kyler Murray. Seals, this 49ers team reminds me of the 2017 Vikings with Case Keenum and the number one defense. Only difference is Shanahan. Good. Yeah. Filiopolis. Yeah. Niners, but I think the Niners are more dominant and more of a power team than what that Viking team was in 17. I think they're more I think they're more dominant. Okay. Um, but I I, I get I, I get to I get the Case Keenum thing because nobody knows what Brock Purdy's gonna do. I'm with you. Hey, by the way, don't forget Warren Moon, 530 Eastern. We'll talk to our friend. Okay, I think they're a little get I think that this. I think that this um, this forty nine er team. I think they remind me of the Eagles. I think they're very compatible. Watch this, Jalen would be great on that team. As he would be on the Niners, or on the Eagles. As a, I think you could put Jalen on both these teams, and Jalen would be fourteen and three on both teams. I think he'd be fourteen and three on both teams. Like like. If they ever wanted to move off of whatever quarterback they I'll tell you what, this guy Brock Purdy makes it easy for Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. Okay, Purdy has now taken over that role. They got to decide what they're going to hey, let's do this. If Brock Purdy wins a Super Bowl, let's go here. What do you do with Trey Lance? Garoppolo's going to get a job. What do you do with Trey Lance? That guy Purdy wins the Super Bowl. Do you trade him? Because then you're in the same position that the Eagles were in. You guys guys have all the experience in this. What would you do? Because I think if Eagle fans had to do it all over again, they would have kept Foles and dealt Wentz. Hindsight, I get it. We're all there with that. But back then, I always went like this. If Alshon Jeffries catches that pass, see, to me, it wasn't the Super Bowl for Foles. Yale, it was the next year. Foles was one game away, one game away from going back to his second straight NFC title. And if he would have done that, and Jeffries catches that pass in New Orleans, I'm convinced that organization would have kept Nick and traded Wentz. And I do not believe they would have given Wentz that contract. How could? But they did that in the 17 offseason. They jumped the gun. The Eagles jumped the gun. Because then they were compelled to keep him. They should have waited. They had to wait one more year. They had to wait. The Eagles' decision to give Wentz the contract showed the door for Nick the next year, no matter what he did in the playoffs. That's a shame. Because I think deep down they wanted to keep him. But financially, they couldn't. Because they already gave the contract. Whew. See what a bad decision will do to an organization? That that move right there was the beginning of the unwinding of the Super Bowl 2017 Eagle team. Was the Eagles front office giving Wentz that contract after the 2017 Super Bowl? When they did that, they couldn't keep Foles. Foles went down and signed that gigantic contract with the Jaguars. You couldn't keep both guys like that. The cap would have been all out of whack. And it was the beginning of the unraveling. And that's why three years later, you won four ballgames. Sales, who wins the Super Bowl this year? I'm going to stick with my, my pick that I've had for about nine months. Bills and Eagles. Bills win the Super Bowl. The thought was, well, shit, Nick Foles got us the Super Bowl, so surely Carson I, – I, I and Carson was the better talent. Carson was the better talent. I get it. I get it. But th- they didn't really have to give that contract to him. See, they were in such a good mood. Everybody was feeling good. Everyone was drunk on Broad Street. Everyone was greasing poles there and making sure nobody was killing themselves out there, and everyone was feeling great. But on the way, the Foles decision was the decision why that 2017 had a short window when it came to a Super Bowl. It was a two-year window. And then New Orleans was the capper. When Jeffries dropped the pass, it was the end of it. They were never the same. Never the same. Um, uh, My question is going to be, what do you do with uh, Trey Lance if you're San Francisco and John Lynch? what do you do with that move? You gave up all that equity to the Dolphins so you could pick that dude and I don't think that dude shit. I don't see it. I think that dude is a massive pro is a massive project and I don't know they drafted an athlete in San Francisco, they didn't draft a quarterback. Brock Purdy's a quarterback. Trey Lance is probably one of the best athletes in the NFL, but that don't mean he could play the position. That don't mean he could play the position. I don't think he can. Just like in Chicago. Wouldn't you agree? So you got the first pick in the draft now. You could take any one of these quarterbacks – Are you 100% sold? You think Justin Fields is going to win you a Super Bowl? Do you think that player is going to win you a Super Bowl? I don't. I don't. I'd package that guy up and I'd say, who wants him? And then I would draft Bryce Young. So you get Bryce Young, you might get a first, you probably would maybe get a later first round for Justin Fields. I thought Justin Fields showed some promise. But I don't think he showed enough promise. I'm not sure he's going to get it right when it comes to the quarterback deal, throwing the ball. He's never exhibited that. Now, you could turn around and go, yeah, but Seals, what do they have up there for him to throw the – fair enough. But do you feel comfortable that Justin Fields has enough arm skill to win a Super Bowl? I don't. I don't. I don't. If I'm the 49ers, I trade trade Lance too. I got my guy. And you know what? At the end of the day, I might keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy's got a no trade clause too. You know, I I love how everybody's talking shit on Derek Carr. Carr's getting kicked. Carr has a no trade clause. He could tell the Raiders to go F themselves if he do not like to trade. He's got a no trade. So before the Raiders start taking a piss on him, I'd be careful because you could have the best deal on the planet. If you don't want to go there, he ain't going. That's why players put that trade clause in there. Okay. Steven, sorry, Sills. I disagree. Fields needs help. The Bears are trash. Yeah, but I saw a quarterback in Cincinnati with the 31st worst offensive line. He did have skilled guys. He did have skilled guys. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Mixon. uh Mixon. He did. Okay. still, he took the Bengals to the Super Bowl. And I would ask you this, too, Stephen. Name me one guy in the history of the Bears that has been a decent quarterback in the last 60 years. Can you? Can you name me a Pro Bowl quarterback in the last 60 years in Chicago? Pro Bowler. McMahon, I think, made one. So I have to revamp it. Name me an all-pro, an all-pro quarterback. They've never had one. I mean, you have to go back to Sid Luckman. McMahon was not all-pro. And beat Montana out or Elway or Marino. That ain't work. That ain't happening. (laughs) That ain't happening. Jay Cutler. Oh, I forgot about that stuff. Yeah. Sales. I think they keep fields. If Caleb Williams was in the two I, I, you know, what's funny maniac. I thought he was, um, I thought he was eligible for the draft. He's not, he's got to come back another year at SC. Seals would you use Trey like Tyson Hill dude? do you, you drafted the number two pick to be a gadget guy, man, that seems like an awful expensive gadget, dude. Don't you agree? You got a gadget guy as your number two pick. Shit, man, I don't know. Mitchell Trubisky was a Pro Bowler, I think he was, man. Brandon, I think he was. I think didn't he go thirteen and something? He may have been. Okay, yeah, but I revamped it, Brandon. And I said all Pro because I think I, I think McMahon also went. They haven't had an All Pro quarterback in sixty years, though. Okay, dual threat. Thank you very much. Niners, isn't it funny? Your dual threat guy bombed, got hurt. Hey, I never thought about that. Way to go, Niner. Thank you. Here's another dual threat guy, Trey Lance. Didn't even, how many games did he play this year, Niner? How many games did dual? I forgot Trey Lance. That's right. He's dual threat. How many, how many games did he play? So, Justin Fields got hurt at the end of the year. Um, Kyler Murray got hurt. Jalen got hurt. How many games did he play? Way to go, Niner. More ammo for that. He played one. <laughs> he played one. Dual threat. Way to go, Niner. Gave me more. You gave me more rocket fuel. Dual threat. Played one game. Trey Lance. One play, Trey. <laughs> yeah. 49ers. 49ers DB are suspect, Big Seals. Look up how many passing yards they gave up. That one safety they got, five-star, it's pretty damn impressive. Okay? Dual threat, Trey Lance. Look at this guy, (laughs) 14-3. Warren Moon's going to join us, 5.30 Eastern time. Hour number three, please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
0: I'm Jim Muehlbrunner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds!
1: Number one, Jeff D. Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own. Not least, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only thirty nine ninety five, dollars or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $30,995 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero Down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D. Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown. Big finish sales event.
4: that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
2: number three, Warren Moon in this hour. We'll talk to our Hall of Fame friend at 5.30 Eastern. We'll talk to him about Jalen Hurts. We'll talk to him about playoff football. How about the job that Pete Carroll has done with Geno Smith? Now look, I know I prod you guys and I tease you guys. Geno Smith did not have a better season than Jalen Hurts. But he had a better throwing season. As my friend Tone would say, Technically, Sills, you're right. But he's limited in what he does for his team. He has to throw the ball and they have to rely on others to run the ball. Jalen's part of the entire fabric. Jalen is the engine that moves the Eagles. He's the engine. Can I tell you how, how dangerous that is, though? Let me show you this. And I think you'll understand one thing about Why the Niners are more set up to be a long-term team than what the Eagles are set up to have success over a long period of time. Okay? Tell me if you guys agree with this. If Jalen Hurts is not playing for you, you're not winning a Super Bowl. If the 49ers lose their quarterback, they're still winning it. They're set up for disaster. You're not. Now, most of you could fire back and go, hey, Sills, how would Kansas City be? You're right. That's what makes what they've done in San Francisco a little bit more of a cement franchise than yours. Okay? Now, look. You you clearly could go like this. Hey, That how's Buffalo look without Josh? You're dead on. San Francisco's the only football team in this league that could lose their quarterback and still win it. And still win the thing. Eagles lose Jalen Hurts. It's over. Kansas City loses Mahomes. It's over. I think they'd win because of Andy. I think they'd win because of McDermott but you're not winning at that level. The Eagles have just showed you. Guys, you guys missed two games with Jalen, right? Eagles aren't the same the last month. They don't even remotely look the same. And it's, get this, and it's not about momentum with them. It's more about injury going into the postseason. As I said yesterday about the Eagles, the Eagles are one of the very few teams that showed up every week for a fistfight. I mean, I would say 16 of the 17 fights they fought, they were in them. This last one, they kind of got went through the motions, and, it, and they, you know, it was kind of like, you know, it was a scrub team they were playing. It was all the kinds of shit that really just they played down to their competition. Is probably what I'm saying. That 49er team, they could lose pieces. You know who's going to win the comeback player of the year award? Christian McCaffrey. He's gonna win the comeback player of the year. He was just named. What was what was he just named? McCaffrey was named the NFC Offensive Player of the Month. I see why Howie wanted him now. Howie wanted him. Howie wanted to have him. Rather have a good system in place than a shit show every year. That's the 49ers. The 49ers are set in place. Doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. If it's Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to win a ton of games. Jalen Hurts is not there. You're not winning shit, dude. You'd struggle with beating the Giants. You're not beating elite teams with Gardner Minshew. Losing Lane was big, too. Compile that with Jalen's injury. Yeah, that's why the Niners are favored by many people to go to the Super Bowl. Let me tell you what will happen. If the Eagles get out there and they put up 50 points or 40 points in a divisional game, people are going to go like this. Okay, they're back now to September, October, in Philadelphia Eagle football. That's what people are going to be waiting to see. Because right now, and I agree, look, 14 and three, come on, man. Very hard to sit there and put dents inside a fender when you're 14 and three. You know we nitpick on shit, but this football team, like I told you, this man, you're the Eagles are like down to the last pieces of the pieta, where you're just buffing out things right now, and you're you're not hammering away like you have to hammer with some of these teams like Arizona or some of these teams like Carolina. Those teams right now are train wrecks. Indianapolis is another great one. Okay. GT, but that's what I'm saying. But GT, you you could go here, GT. The entire league is like that. That's why with San Francisco, they have bow-cheeked that offense around Jalen so much. And I'll tell you something that's even more freaky. Jalen Hurst didn't throw for 4,000 yards, but those two guys still got 1,000. I've never seen I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that where a guy was under 4k and throwing I, and there's even an extra game and he's not a, and i and i get the injuries but i mean usually when you got two thousand yard receivers and a in a tight end with 700 yards you know, i mean those must be the only three guys catching footballs because the rest of them were nowhere i mean there were three pass catching guys this year on the eagles the rest of them We can all agree. If my dude didn't get hurt, he would have thrown for four K. But Brandon, you keep putting the denominator in your take. See, I'm 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 being kinder here because, hey, I, I'm you put the, de- the denominator in there though. Hurt. The second year in a row, he's missed games. That's not going to get better. Lamar Jackson's never thrown for four thousand yards ever, he's never throwing for 4,000 yards. Dual threat, man. It's a problem because you're going to miss games. Now, look, this may be the best year I've ever seen for a guy to maybe win a Super Bowl that's dual threat. Pertz and Allen. Allen's more of a passer kind of guy. Jalen is the total dual threat guy. Okay? that It may happen. I think you've got to manage these guys better. I don't think you have to coach them better. I think you have to manage them better from themselves. Hey, and you know, I, I, I get idiots talking to me about, well, you know, would you be saying that if Jalen was, dude, Josh Allen, man, he's on the same career path that Andrew Luck was on. And I compare everyone to Luck. Andrew Luck ran with reckless abandon. And he destroyed his career. He destroyed his career. Eagle One goes, Sills, how do you see the NFC playoffs playing out in the playoffs? But your offense struggled against. Um, how do you see it? Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson wasn't really a guy. In my Russell Wilson led the NFL in passing touchdowns in his career. I want to make double-check that. I want to be correct on that. But I think Russell Wilson led the NFL in passing touchdowns. So before you say dual threat on Russell Wilson, he was a passer. Russell Wilson stats. I think Wilson led the NFL in touchdown passes one season. I want to be double sure. Yeah. 2017, he had 34. He had one more than Wentz um had 40 touch had 40 touchdown passes here here here's russell wilson 26 26 26 34 31 34 35 36 40 25 16 let's take a look at his rushing um 400 yards 500 yards he had 800 yards in 2014 with 6 That's pretty much – that's a dual – I would say that's dual threat. 118 carries, though. Jalen Hurts had 168 carries this year, was on pace for 200 carries. Way more of a runner. Then it tapered off, 250, 300, 300, 100, 183, 277. He does have 5,000 rushing yards. So you'd have to put that conversation in there where you could say that. I mean, 800 yards is a lot. 800 yards is a lot. Okay, so you 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 probably have to put him as the only guy. But he, he had a ton of touchdown passes. Did did he ever throw for 3 4000 yards? Russell Wilson stats. Did he ever throw for 4,000? Oh, he did. Russell Wilson, man. He's put a Hall of dude. This is a Hall of Fame career 4,000, 42, 41, 42. So in his 10 years, he threw 4,000 yards one, two, three, four times. That's pretty good, man. That's a heck of a career. That's a heck of a career. I'm going to do the playoffs here in a second. Dan, you railed the Eagles for not going after Russell Wilson. Brian, your general manager did. He inquired about him. Oh, no, I was more about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is a skilled passer. He'll get it right. He's 25. He'll get it right. Um... Dan, if the Niners shit the bed versus the Seahawks, the Eagles cruise to the Super Bowl. Uh, You got to play the games, but I feel pretty good about that. Um, Here, let's look at that. Because the Eagles, here's the scenarios for the playoffs. If San Francisco wins, if Minnesota wins, and if the Bucs win, the Philadelphia Eagles will play Tampa Bay in the divisional round. If Seattle upsets San Francisco, they'll play the Seahawks. If the Giants beat Minnesota, they'll play the Giants. If Dallas beats Tampa Bay, You'll play Dallas. So Bucks, Cowboys, Giants, Seahawks. That's your four ring circus right there. Seahawks beat San Francisco and upset them in San Francisco. You'll get to you'll get well. Any other teams win the win their game. Minnesota wins against the Giants. Tampa Bay wins. You'll get the Hawks. If the Giants upset Minnesota, San Francisco wins and Tampa wins, you'll get the Giants. If Dallas beats Tampa, San Francisco and Minnesota win, you'll get the Cowboys in a divisional round. So Bucks, Dallas, Giants, Seahawks. If you if the Seahawks beat the Niners in that game on Saturday, you could know on Saturday that you're going to play them. Now, unless Minnesota, unless the Giants beat Minnesota, you wouldn't play Dallas if Dallas upsets Tampa. You'd play either, if this if this scenario plays out, if Seattle beats San Fran and the Giants beat Minnesota and Dallas beats, all three road teams beat their opponents, you would end up playing the Giants. You're, because the Eagles get the lower seed, no matter what, and non-division winner, if there is a team. But if all teams win and all three division winners win, you're playing the Bucs and you're playing Brady. More than likely, I think it's going to go like this. I think San Francisco holds off and beats Seahawks. We're going to talk to Warren Moon. By the way, he's part of the broadcast team for the seahawks and we're going to talk to him at the bottom of the hour seattle's the seventh seed juba okay so then it would be if if, if seattle wins and the giants win and da- dallas wins then juba's right they would play seattle at lincoln financial that's right seattle's the seventh seed and new york's the sixth seed that's correct that's correct Correct. Seahawks San Francisco. I think that's gonna be a tough putt. We'll do all this a little bit more tomorrow. We'll get in depth with it. Um, that Charger game and Jags game. I can't wait to watch that on Saturday. That's an NBC game. The Seahawks San Francisco game is a Fox game. The Saturday game, Minnesota at Buffalo. I can't see Minnesota, I can't, I mean, Miami, Buffalo, I can't see Miami winning that game. That's a CBS game. Giants, Minnesota's a Fox game. And Baltimore, it looks like Tyler Hunley's going to be the starter. I'll tell you something about Lamar Jackson. Can I ask you guys this? You think he's not playing because of the contract? Please don't say yes. Please don't say Yes. Because if you do, I'm going to lose a ton of respect for that guy. Come on, man. You put your team in this. They offered you a contract. You didn't like it. So now you're taking your bat and ball and you don't want to play? Dude, I mean, you put business ahead of playing. I don't know. He's probably right to do it. So he created leverage by refusing to play. Man. You couldn't have took you couldn't have taken care of this. And now look, you know, it's unfair to Lamar for me to sit here and say that because I don't know what the inner workings were between Steve Biscotti, DaCosta, and Lamar's mom and him. I don't know. I think it makes it tougher to negotiate when you got a family member. But damn, dude, I got so much respect for you. I love Lamar Jackson. I think he is a bright, shining star. He's a great role model. I love everything about the guy, man. I I just love everything about this guy. He's worked hard, he's improved. He's an MVP. He's such a role model. And if you're really putting business ahead of the game, I guess so. I can't have my head in the sand and go, I'm going to I'm going to ask Warren Moon that question. I just I don't know, man. It just doesn't seem right, right? I get it, GT. It's the bit and, and GT, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen a player though just say I'm not playing in the postseason because my contract is not done. And I don't want to question anybody's injury issues. But damn, dude. I don't know. No one to throw to except Andrews. So you you know what? At least Brady played through it though, Yale. He hated his last year in New England. He totally hated it, but at least he played. And they got beat by, if I'm not mistaken, I think Tennessee knocked him out of the postseason. And they just gave GT. And right. And they just gave Roquan Smith $100 million. I mean, Jesus. I mean, why are you trying to kick the kid in the head? I mean, this thing's getting ugly. You think he's still hurt? I'm hoping. KC, I'm hoping, because I don't want to think less of the guy. I think so much of him, man. It's got to be because of the contract. That sucks. That sucks as fans, because you know what you would have? You'd have Lamar Jackson versus Joe Burrow. Dude, that's good shit, you know? I'm tuning into that game. I'm tuning into it anyway. But you'd have Lamar Jackson versus Joe Burrow. Two dudes that are 25, 26 years old. That's good shit, man. That's what makes this league great. We got a bunch of young, good-looking quarterbacks right now that are great role models. Every one of them. I love it. I love all these guys from Hertz on down. These guys are great role models, man. Good for Lamar. Lamar won't be in purple next year. I think he's in... uh, Teal Green, I think he's a Miami Dolphin next year. And I think he's going to be throwing to uh, Tyree Kill. And I think he's going to be throwing to uh, Jalen Waddell. You imagine that guy. And then how about this? Then you get Miles Sanders down there too. You put my, hey, Tone, you put Miles Sanders in Miami with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell and Lamar Jackson. (laughs) They're going to be Super Bowl favorites. He's from South Florida. He wants to go back home. All his his guys are down there. He's a role model in South Florida. And I will always kick people in the face in South Florida, including that guy Al Golden for not recruiting him. I always ask him, how the hell did you get out of South Florida, dude? And a Miami Hurricane recruited him. But he was the wide receiver coach. Um, Remember Lamar Thomas? Lamar Thomas was recruiting him for Louisville. Cause he was the wide receiver coach and Al golden didn't want to give Lamar, Lamar Thomas the job at wide receiver. So he went into the high school and pulled him out of there and put him up in Louisville. Yeah. He should have been a hurricane. Absolutely. Hey, this guy, Tyler Huntley should have been a hurricane Snoop. They call him. He's a South Florida guy. He went to, he went to Utah. He went to Utah. That kid, that kid, Tyler Huntley too, man. He could play. I mean, he's he's not Lamar Jackson. And then, of course, on Monday, you got Cowboys and Bucks. I'm going to say this again about Dak. Of all these quarterbacks, Geno Smith is going to get a new contract, two years. I'm going to ask Warren Moon here in a minute about it. Um, San Francisco, they got a wealth of quarterbacks. Chargers, they got Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. By the way, These two guys are making their playoff debuts. It's going to be interesting to see how these two guys play. That's going to be another dynamic. I can't wait to see this. Justin Herbert and uh, Trevor Lawrence. How do they handle the pressure of their first playoff game? Jacksonville is at home, though. Doug Peterson. I mean, Brandon Staley versus Doug Peterson. Who do you feel comfortable with? The Dolphins. What's his name? Skyler what? Come on, man. Josh Allen in Buffalo. I heard somebody say this about um, the Bills. You think they're going to like run out of gas because of all the controversy that's gone on around the team. I think they're fueled by it. Skyler Thompson, tell me where he went to school. Please, somebody. I had no idea where he is. I love the job that, that Geno Smith has done this year. Dan, would you agree the Eagles need to rely on the run through the playoffs and sign a decent short yardage back? 85, I'll tell you, in my opinion, the one thing that the Eagles have better than any team in the postseason. Do you know what they have? They're built for cold weather, and they're built for any weather. They're built for a dome. They're built for outside. They're built for the warm. They're built for everything. Okay? Okay. And they're built for the cold, hosting games in Philly. Um, the playoffs go through Philly. I'm hoping it's cold as hell. You know what I mean? You get San Francisco going out there, 20-degree weather, perfect. I mean, that's a home field advantage. They have a football team that's built for the elements. That's why Baltimore, I always thought, gave – the Patriots more of a fight than what the Colts did with Peyton Manning in the playoffs. I think that dome, I think that hurt Peyton Manning against Brady because seasonally that Patriot team was built for the elements. They practiced in it. They played in it. They excelled in it. And every team that had to go to Gillette, they went up to the elements. And every time Indianapolis went up there, it was never good. But when Baltimore went there, Baltimore had success in Foxborough because they were built for the elements. And I think you've got to build your team around that. Like, like San Francisco's built for it too. I think they are. I mean, I don't think going to 20 degree weather for one game, is not going to kill them. But they're they're built for running the ball and stopping the run. So to your point, yes. But the Eagles, I mean, there's... I'll play inside, I'll play in a parking lot, I'll play Miami. I'll play wherever you want, dude. Play in Glendale. They're built for all that shit. Hey, they're, they're really, it's an element team. Some teams aren't. We've seen numerous things. Here, here, here's a great example. You know, Minnesota, I've always said this. I don't know if you guys agree, but I've always said this about Minnesota. Minnesota's greatest home field advantage they've ever had away. You know what? Before I bring Warren Moon on, I want to just say that to you. I think Minnesota took the greatest home field advantage that they've ever had away when they put the top on the dome, the the Hubert H. Humphrey Dome. When that team played outside, they went to five Super Bowls. And when they put the cap on it, I think that was always an issue, that they took one of the greatest home field advantages away when they played, I think it was called Metropolitan Stadium up there in, uh, where the Twins played. But when they went indoors, they never went back to a Super Bowl. I want to bring in a man who I have some of the greatest respect for. It is my friend Warren Mooney joins us out here. Warren, am I right when I say that about the Vikings? I don't know. Um, you still got to go out there and play the
5: game. But there definitely was a home field advantage when they played at the old Metropolitan Stadium outdoors. Uh, because it was really cold during the playoffs. And uh, most teams didn't want to come in there and play in that weather. The Vikings didn't even want to come in there and play in that weather. But you got to remember, they had these guys called the Purple People Eaters. That they were pretty good players. They had uh, Paul Krause back there. They had Fran Tarkington at quarterback. I mean, they had some really good players. So that was part of the reason why they went to all those Super Bowls. But there's no question the home field advantage playing outdoors helped them as well.
2: Uh, I don't know, playing indoors in Minneapolis or playing in Edmonton. I, I got a feeling playing in Edmonton was <laughs> a <had> little... The,
5: <laughs> we had a distinct advantage, too, when we played our home games in Edmonton because teams didn't want to come in there and play in that minus 40, 40 degrees Celsius, believe me.
2: Okay, help me out here. Let's start in Seattle. Um, I, 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 The turnaround of Geno Smith has been... One of the greatest stories, Warren, this year, this guy was left for dead. He throws for 30 touchdowns, over 4,200 yards. He leads the NFL in completion percentage. What was the minus touch that Pete Carroll did to turn this guy back into what everyone thought we saw when he came out of West Virginia? What was it? Well, I think
5: it's, it's kind of like osmosis. He's been around some really great quarterbacks as a backup here the last 10 years. He spent time behind Eli Manning in, uh, in New York. He spent time behind Philip Rivers in San Diego. He spent time behind Russell Wilson in Seattle. So looking at all those guys and seeing how they did things, because they were all the ultimate professionals, they were all very successful. And one of Gino's uh, weaknesses was never his physical ability. It was his mental capability, and, and he was very immature. So I think he really matured during those years. I think he saw how these guys handled themselves, how professional they were, how they prepared for games, how they handled themselves off the field. And he combined all that with the great physical gifts that he, he still has, and he's put together a really great season. Um, I think he fits this offense better probably than Russell did last year, and he's really done a good job with their offensive coordinator, and uh, he's been been very, very successful this year. So, and he also has some really good receivers to work with in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, and, and that helps.
2: Well, Warren, tell me how important the relationship with not just your receivers, but everybody in the locker room, because, you know, there was a lot of things said about Gino in both New York locker rooms, and there was a lot of things that Maybe, you know, didn't go his way because he wasn't a people guy. We see guys like Carson Wentz. People make comments that he likes half the room. How important is that to expand that relationship beyond your receivers and your offensive guys? And how how did, did you do that too? Was it important for you to know all 47 guys that were in your locker room?
5: It's extremely important for the quarterback to know that because you you want these guys – to believe in you and they, they're not going to just believe in you by what they see you do in practice every day or what you do in the meeting rooms. They want to get to know you as a person. Um, they want to know you care about them and, and you have to give a little piece of yourself to every part of the football team. And that's something I worked very hard at doing, even though I was at a time in my life when I came to Houston, you know, I had three kids in a family at that time. And, and the thing I wanted to do at the end of the day was get home to my family. But I also knew there were certain nights that the defensive backs were getting together. I went and hung out with the defensive backs. If the offensive linemen were meeting at some nasty ice house somewhere and having drinks after practice, I went by there, and I didn't even drink at that time, and i sit there and have a cranberry juice just to spend time with them. So those are things you have to do as a quarterback, and um, that was something I talked to Russell Wilson about when he was here in Seattle, just giving more of yourself to the rest of the team and not isolating yourself away from them because they want to know that you're with them so when – crunch time comes in a game, they want to be behind you.
2: Warren, I'm not going to throw shade on Russell, but I'm going to say this and I'm going to expand the conversation. When you have the success that you've had, Dan Marino, Montana, Brady, Peyton Manning, how hard is it sometimes to look up and all of a sudden you forget you're a football player and the outside noise starts to come into – you building your brand, you wanting to make sure you get more money. And I think that kind of hit the way I see it as an outsider. I don't know. I'm not in the room there with Russell Wilson, but he seems as he's gotten along in his career that it seems like a different dude from when he first came into the league to where he is now. Is that a fair assessment that there's just other things now that there's priorities in his life? And I wonder if football's the main priority.
5: Yeah, I think that happens with all guys over time. You know, he's been in the league 11 years now. He's got a family now that he didn't have when he first came in the league. He's got three kids, and and uh, this is a, an era where you can start to build your brand because of social media. I didn't have that luxury when I was playing, but there's no question I tried to take advantage of my popularity by doing endorsements and things off the field. But you have to have a balance in there. You have to make sure you're not doing too much – takes away from your preparation for games you have to make sure you're not doing too much that takes you too far away from being away from your family too much And, and also that takes you away from your training and all those different things that go along with getting ready for the season so balance is very important when it comes to uh to any professional athlete playing and to make sure you keep everything in stride and to make sure you never forget what butters the bread which is your ability to play and perform on the football field every weekend And I think Russell has gotten away from that a little bit. And I think this season has humbled him a little bit. And I think you'll see him be a little bit more dedicated to what's most important. Even though he's always been a very, very hard worker, mentally, sometimes you're not into it as much if you're thinking about other things. If you're thinking about this next video you're going to do or this next endorsement deal you're going to do or what am I going to say when I – Post my, my next post on, on Instagram. You know, those things can kind of take away from your focus. So you want to
2: make sure the focus is in the right place when you're working to get ready for football. Do you agree that this is probably Pete Carroll's best coaching job since they won the Super Bowl?
5: It's got to be one of his best, Dan. He, he has really taken a roster that most people thought would be one of the worst in the league this year. I think they were rated 32nd in the league coming into it by, uh, you know, pro, pro football Focus and that. He's got five rookies starting on this football team, and and they are all performing. I mean, he's got the leading interceptor in the league. He's got uh, a, a guy. He's got both of his offensive tackles are of rookies, which is unheard of in this league. Uh, you've got a, a defensive end who's got seven and a half sacks. I mean, he's just got players that not only are they rookies, but they're performing at a very very high level. <laughs> And then he's got a quarterback that everybody kind of said was left for dead, and he's in the Pro Bowl. So, yes, this is probably one of his best coaching jobs. He's got this team in the, in the uh, playoffs, and he's playing a team he's very familiar with, the San Francisco 49ers, even though they're playing great. When you play a division team in the playoffs, anything can happen because you know each other so well.
2: Yeah, your, your point here, Wolin is up for the uh, Defensive Player of the Year award, and then you've got, of course, Kenneth Walker the third. Who's probably going to be the offensive rookie of the year? Right. Um, I mean he's been a godsend from Michigan State.
5: Yeah, just a great job by John Snyder of drafting guys, and a great job of uh by Pete of developing these guys and getting them ready to play on Sundays. And and this team is
2: right there where where they want to be in the playoffs. Warren, what was the number one thing? And I want to I wanna talk to you a little bit about Jalen Hurts here. The Eagles are in a bye this week. Um When you when you came into the league, and I'm talking NFL, your first year compared to your third year, how much did you improve in the game, or was it other things that you had to improve in? Because I don't know if even Josh Allen, Warren, I mean, the improvement that Jalen has had this year from last year to this year has been remarkable. Have you been impressed with it? Also,
5: I've really been impressed with it. Uh, the thing I think he's improved mostly on is his fundamentals. You know, he just wasn't a, um, you know, one of those pure passers. When he came into the game, he was a great athlete playing quarterback, and now he's turned himself into more of a polished NFL quarterback because of his fundamentals, his footwork, all the different things that go along with with throwing the football. And I think because of that, he has much more confidence when he goes back to throw the football. He's uh, not only going to his first read or second read, now he's even looking at his third and fourth read, something he never did before. It was always look at the first guy, and then he was taken off and gone. Didn't have confidence in, in sitting that pocket and staring down all of his guys. So he is totally evolving, and he's going to just keep getting better. And it's scary if, if uh, you see this guy continue to get better because he's a really good player right now. And uh, any more improvement, you know, who, who knows what type of player he's going to be.
2: Warren, you never really relied on your legs though. And here's what I've been saying. And maybe it's a different NFL. You're around it a lot more. And maybe you you educate me here on this. I don't think these dual threat quarterback guys have long careers. I mean, and the reason I say that, I mean, Trey Lance played one game. K1. We won't see him till next October, Kyler Murray. RG3. When you lose your when you use your wheels, look at Lamar Jackson. He's constantly missing. Jalen missed some games this year. Am I right when I say that? It's difficult to build around a dual threat guy because, I mean, the formula is they use their wheels to get third down and break down the perimeter and to wake it on third down, but they also use their arm. Am I right when I say it's hard to build a team around a dual threat guy? Well,
5: you can, but that dual threat guy has to be much more careful and and selective uh, with how he runs the football. Uh, you look at russell wilson for example he was a guy that used his legs a ton his first 10 years in the league and um, you you never saw him get hurt because he was very smart about getting down the ground about getting out out of the out of bounds when he had a chance to do it and not taking guys on too much and and i think uh, if you're smart about it and using that gift that you have use the gift to your advantage but don't try and overpower people with it um Josh Allen is a guy, another guy. Because he's a big, strong guy, he's gotten away with a lot of things, hurtling guys and different things like that. But at some point, if he keeps playing as recklessly as he does sometimes, he's going to get hurt too, even as big as he is. You look at Cam Newton, how big he was. His body is basically beat up right now, and and he's out of the game at 32 years old. So you just have to be smart at how you do it, and um, you can definitely use that gift of your legs – be just another added weapon to your arsenal but you don't want to take on too much punishment if you don't have to otherwise you will have a, a shortened career like some of these other guys have
2: two last questions for you warren um the the coaching that you get look at look at trevor lawrence this year with doug peterson compared to urban meyer a year ago i mean when you were at certain places were you coached better and you were more productive. Man, once you got up to Minnesota, you put up huge numbers. Not that you didn't when you were down in Houston, because you pretty much put up huge numbers everywhere, but that was a prolific offense when you were up in up in Minnesota. And, again, the Houston Oiler offense, with all the receivers you had and all those guys running around, it was really productive. But look at the difference. I, I'm, I'm pretty shocked that in the league today, look at Josh Allen. He gets better coaching from Wyoming. When he had Brian Dable up there, how important is it to have that coordinator that knows how to utilize your assets?
5: Well, it's very important. I think you see more uh, coordinators and head coaches taking advantage of what their quarterback does best. They're they're looking at what he had success with in college, incorporating those things into the offense so he'll have earlier success and familiarity with what he's doing, and then he'll just build off of that. But another thing that also helps is having good players around him. You can't be a good quarterback unless you have good talent around you, and that's something that as the talent grew around me, I got better as well. So the combination of of, uh, offense fitting what you do best with your skill set to go along with the personnel that you have around you should make you a a much better player.
2: I know you're taking on San Francisco this week, and have you been impressed with what Kyle Shanahan has done with three different quarterbacks?
5: Yeah. I mean, Kyle is one of the best – designers of plays and also best play callers in the league and and he's working on his third quarterback now and this Josh Purdy kid and he's been impressive and, and uh, a lot of that has to, to do with with, um, with with Shanahan but also a lot of it has to do with Josh Purdy as far as being a guy who could take what what they're teaching him he had to be in the background for what the, the first 12 13 weeks of the season and watch everything happen so he was actually paying attention and and staying on top of everything so when his number was called he was ready to walk in there and play and that that, that's a big part of it too so uh, it's impressive what's going on in san francisco they have a great defense so as a young quarterback you don't have to worry about having to carry the load or or you know come from behind and and and, uh and win a football game because your defense is going to always keep you in it They run the ball as well as anybody in the league. So now all you have to do as a quarterback is make good decisions, get the ball in your playmaker's hands, and hopefully you guys don't fall behind by too many points where you have to try and bring the team from behind.
2: Are you a Viking or Oiler?
5: I am a Titan. I am a (laughs) Viking. I am a Chief. And I am a Seabob. I mean, I I follow all the teams that I played for. and I follow them very closely. Now, when they play against each other, I have to make a decision, (laughs) but right now, those are the four teams that I really root for.
2: Warren Crescent moon. Are you doing anything right now? I know you guys are doing so much stuff with your foundation and you're so giving to the communities everywhere. You've played, like you said, especially down in Houston, got a lot of friends down there. You got anything on the agenda right now?
5: I still have my scholarship program going with, uh, with Crescent moon and brothers in arms. And, uh, we have our golf tournament coming up here in, uh, in April. And, uh, We'll be making more announcements on that as it gets closer, but we just picked our scholarship class for this year. We have five excellent students from the Houston area and uh, really, really uh, proud about their uh, their
2: prospects for the
5: future to go along with the others that we've been naming over the last few years.
2: Well, you'll always be an oiler to me. <laughs> hey, Warren, <laughs> hey, thank you so much, man. My friendship with you means a lot, and you're so giving to us, and I thank you so much. God bless you, man. Have a great call this weekend.
5: All right, Danny, thank you. Uh, happy New Year to you, and I uh, look forward to talking to you maybe during the playoffs sometime.
2: You got it. Thank you so much. The legendary Hall of Famer Warren Moon, and as I say this to you, CFL Hall of Famer, College Football Hall of Famer, NFL Hall of Famer as well. We'll take a brief time out. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
3: mess associates the toughest injury firm in philadelphia
1: go for the beers go for the cheers go for the hit and the hits go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean
2: Hi, I'm
0: Jim Muehlbronner, managing partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call, we're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds!
1: Number one, Jeff D. Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not least, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $30,995 or $339 per month. New Ram starting at only thirty nine ninety five, dollars or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero Down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D. Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown. Big finish sales event.
4: that taxes are just part of life it's true during our working years but also in retirement but what you might not know is up to 85 percent of your social security benefits might be taxed our team at thrive financial has helped retire thousands of people across the delaware valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their social security benefits might be taxed it's time to be proactive on taxes get your thrive retirement tax playbook today
2: Show great catching up with Warren Moon by the way just got confirmed tomorrow Seth Joyner will join us too so we'll talk a little ball with Seth it's always like a classroom when we get an opportunity to talk to Seth Joyner so we'll talk with Seth our boy tomorrow still be honest who's better Slayer Sanders I won't answer that that's not a question okay that's not a question dude all I'm looking for us to win in a playoff game and this team made great accomplishments. Sure, I won a Super Bowl. Holy cow, wait a minute. Wait a minute. GT, what's some practicality here? Hang on for a second. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute here. Look at GT here. All I'm looking for us is to win a playoff game and this team made great accomplishments. Sure, I won a Super Bowl, but I enjoyed every week we played this year. Come on, man. Come on, man. (laughs) You're setting yourself up for if they, dude, uh, hang on here now. Wait a minute here. GT, hang on here. GT, well, wait, if we just gave the old college effort and we got a participation medal, we're very, you're happy with a participation medal, GT? Come on, man. Don't do that, dude. Dude, one of the greatest things my daughter ever did in my life was when she got a participation ribbon. She threw it in the trash. She went like this. Dad, watch this. I went, don't do it. I I swear, I went, don't do it. She goes, I don't get medals for participating. I get medals for winning. I started crying. <laughs> I, I I started crying. I looked at her. I go, I, I I've never cried more in my life. Well, wait. Okay, my daughter makes me cry. I don't know why she makes me cry when she does because she, she's the captain of her rugby team. She's they finished third in the country last year. I'm, I just I don't know. And she goes like this Dad. I collect championships. I don't collect participation medals. Who expected a Super Bowl? I did. I heard Jerry Jones be on at the top of the hour. Of last hour, nah, maniac. That'd be that'd be Stephen. Jerry doesn't like to come on. He only does his radio show in Dallas, so I get Stephen. Don't worry, Stephen's going to be the owner one day. You know, <laughs> Sirianni never discusses health. Mike Quick thinks he's playing up hurts as being more hurt than he really is. Thoughts? What's the point? What's the point of that? Let's go play some football. Esplant. Play some ball, man. You really need to play those dorky games? How about this? I'm better than you and I'm gonna kick your ass. And you're you're gonna do this. Well, Jalen's really hurt. He's really hurt. I'm gonna go like this. I don't give a shit who you have out there. I'm gonna take you apart. I don't care who it is. Doesn't matter. Jalen hurts. Um Jalen hurts. Or the old the old actor hurts. I don't care who it is. I'm going to kick the shit out of you. See, when you start in your mind to build up that angst in your mentality, where you don't care who you're playing, that's a championship mentality. Don't build up this stuff here. Well, you know he really hurt. Hey, I don't know if Lane's playing or Lane is playing. How do you? So are they playing games with Lane? Is Lane not going to play because they got him out there practicing on the side, and now they're out there saying that he looks good. He's still going to be half-lane. half, half Game within the game? Well, here's my game, Brian. I'm going to keep the shit out of you. And there's nothing you can do about it. I don't care who you bring in. I don't care what you do. There's nothing you can do. Who do you feel more comfortable with going into a game with? A guy's talking about, well, if we play this guy, we play that guy. He may not play this guy, we may play this guy. This guy's hurt, this guy's not. Dude. That's stupid talk. This is tackling and catching the ball. It hasn't changed since 1920. Stop the run, run the ball. <laughs> that hasn't changed. The only things that have changed are the helmets. Other than that, nothing else. Stop the run, run the ball. You win. Good night. I'll see you in the NFC title game. Right? Get out there and kick someone's ass. No. Brian, that's what they did. They did all that putting Jalen in front of the camera and this and that. Go kick the shit out of somebody. You got to have a mentality, man. I think this team is worried about playing games and who hurt and who's not hurt, who's this, who's that. <laughs> shit, who cares about that shit? Yeah, you could do that in a bye week, I'm assuming. I love Jalen's attitude. Sirianni gave the team the day off. Okay, I guess. And Jalen goes, let's go watch some film. Awesome. This guy knows, man, because you may get the bucks. You may have to outthrow Brady. Brady's had a good year. His team hasn't. His team hasn't. Okay. Randall Cunningham, Bobby Douglas, Steve Grogan, quarterback, ground assault. Yeah, not one of those guys won shit. Okay. Eagles can't put away a team. They can't. They can't. It's coaching. Told you that's my biggest concern going into this. Hey, hey, Seals, did you think at the beginning of the season Hurts would be an MVP candidate? Are you kidding? Absolutely not. GT, where, look at this. Where he is in all these conversations with me and sliding the new guy in, he's the new guy. He's the new guy on the block. That's why he's not getting the respect he he, he deserves. He'll get it next year. GT, especially if he plays well in the postseason. If he plays well in the postseason, Hurts' accolades will come next year. Here, here's a great example of that. How many people thought Aaron Donald, only playing 11 games, belonged on an all-pro team? I surely did not. But, or how about this one? Tom Brady voted by all the NFL players at the beginning of the year as the best player in the league. Yeah, you know, not really. But the respect level and the autonomy and the equity that he built up, the players all respect. Dude, every time Brady plays a game, everyone wants his jersey. And everyone wants his jersey. Sells what's for dinner depends on how good depends on how good I am, maniac. <laughs> it depends on depends if I'm good or not. Got to behave myself around my wife, or I'll get this. Whatever I'm cooking, <laughs> I don't need hot dogs. You know why nobody eats hot dogs in this house, or my wife does, but I don't eat hot dogs. You know, a holes and lips. Big Sills not there. <laughs> Big Sills doesn't need a holes and lips. No, no hot dogs. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Big Sills don't eat hot dogs, man. Not happening. No, 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 no. Not happening. Real quick. Rookies of the year. I got to vote for this. Still back in your prime. You think you could get through a full, healthy Lane Johnson block? Well, I did play against Anthony Munoz. Didn't do too bad on him. And I don't think Lane Johnson's better than Anthony Munoz or Bruce Matthews. I played against him, too. Best lineman I ever played against? Bruce Matthews, Ray Donaldson, Anthony Munoz. Mike Munchak, Um, these are all Hall of Famers. Russ Grimm, let's see who else. Jay Hildenberg was pretty good. Uh, Don Mosbar was real good. Played against him, center for the Raiders. So I played against all them guys. Elaine's not better than them dudes. Those are all Hall of Famers too, by the way. So it's all good. Kenneth Walker, Seahawks, Garrett Wilson, Jets, Brock Purdy, third for Rookie of the Year, Kenny Pickett, Steelers, four, Christian Watson, Packers, defense, Sauce Gardner is your Rookie of the Year, Aiden Hutchinson, two, Wolin from the Seahawks, three, Kayvon Thibodeau, four, and Sam Williams, Cowboys, five, I hear there's an arrest warrant for that guy, heading into the weekend games. So keep an eye on that Sam Williams. He could not be available for that Buck game on Monday night. I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Thank you so much. Seth Joyner tomorrow. Tone. Great stuff, my friend. That was great as always. Xander, thank you. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern. We'll see you on the flip side.
3: and Associates, the toughest injury firm.